Those things give you cataracts. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, October 14, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 243. This is No Agenda. I sure hope the mothership can navigate through the fog above the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center, which is located in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak. Oh, hey. Oh, there it is. I tried to hit it right after the whistle, <laughs> figuring that would be your cue, and then it misfired, and then it locked up. So, sorry about that. Hey, in the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, in the morning to all ships at sea and human resources. You know what? I think we should probably do it one more time just because it's brand new. Should we do the national anthem? Oh, yeah, you might as well. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Gitmo Nation National Anthem. In the morning, Gitmo Nation, we are all charged up to be human resources and servants in all lands and all ships at sea. From the east to west, down on to the lowlands and beyond. We are happy and distracted slaves. Hear our Gitmo Nation song. <laughs> and of course, in the morning to all the human resources in the chat room at noagendachat.net where we... Uh, have everyone uh, all charged up and ready to go the way their government loves them when we do the show live at noagendastream.com, Thursday and Sunday morning. Hey, guess what? what? Big news. What? Uh-oh. Big news what? They rescued the uh, miners. <laughs> which, was, which was completely planned as a distraction for the UFO uh, unveiling worldwide. Yeah, where was the UFO yesterday? Everywhere. It was over New York City. There were uh, tons of spheres uh, and, and high-quality video for you, John. High-quality video. Uh, Germany, we have high-quality pictures. You know, this is why they planned it. They, they totally planned this, this. Planned it. Yeah. So, by, by yeah. the way. What do, you, what do you mean? Yes. Yeah. So, here's the, here's the where, is the, where is our jingle? We haven't played it for months on end. Uh-huh. Nothing to see here. Uh, it's not even queued up. Now you know what it is. I've I've said everything in the new system. I'm still trying to figure out where everything is. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. So th- this, first of all, they are laughing in my face. The evil uh, elites who schedule these miners. Which, by, I mean, could it be any more boring? The only drama they could put... I mean, they at least have a guy, like, pass out or f- die or something on the way. Well, they, no. did have, they have one dramatic moment yeah. that sucked. Yeah, that was the the, uh, the wife and the... The uh, wife who wouldn't show up. <laughs> and, I was like, who wrote this script? You guys and, suck. And meanwhile, all uh, CNN... Uh, Fox, everybody, they kept having these boring, they, they take over the whole show, and you have to play this clip, which is the clip from uh, yesterday's uh, Hannity show, mm. and he first he reintroduces the entire story as though we've never heard it before, 
Uh, so he goes yak yak yak, and so then he says, "Let's take it. Let's go." And you know, apparently, I, I bet you they put the writers on hiatus and don't pay them for these shows. Oh well. So be- then they say, "Let's go to uh, let's go to Chile and hear from the president, El Presidente." And this is what you end up hearing, and this passes for entertainment. And but first, we're going to go to the president of Chile as he makes some public comments. Is this their national anthem? It goes on for five <laughs> minutes. They should have played our Gitmo national anthem. That would have been much and better. And the idiot doesn't say, well, they're, they're, they're singing a song. Where we'll, we'll get right back to that. Let's go to the studio and talk about no, this. No, let's, let's watch the song. It's no, great. No, instead, they played yeah. the entire thing. This is what I picked up. Uh, the Jeff Smith recorded this for me from Fox. Pay attention to the background music on this piece uh, regarding the uh, Chilean miners. Recognize that from anywhere? It's like a sports theme. It's or our music. It's our music. Listen. Every time it comes up, especially on a chilly morning like this, it does nothing but warm your body to see another doesn't get. Here, it's this. Yeah, it's. <laughs> They're so cheap ass, they have to use the same free shit we use. <laughs> That's ridiculous. But listen, listen now for a second. So. Seriously, in all seriousness. So October 13th was supposed to be the big unveiling of the UFOs who absolutely came. Absolutely. And, this, um, and there's, the show notes are filled with uh, videos and high-quality high videos, John, what you always ask for, and pictures of uh, these orbs uh, orbiting New York City. We have pictures from uh, Germany. There's uh, multiple. I mean, it's all the same kind of beautiful orbs. So this happened worldwide. And then, of course, uh, everyone's not looking up at the sky. We're looking down at the ground. And then the, the, the Illuminati or whoever's in charge of making sure we don't pay attention to the sky, they laugh in my face by having all these memes in there like it's 33 miners. They had the drill for 33 hours. You know, 10, 13, 10 is 33. They're putting 33 everywhere just to say, <laughs> no one will be looking at the sky. No, we will have everyone focused at the ground. You don't. You're not buying it. Well, these little objects that you're talking about look like uh, hot air balloons to me. Oh, right. Of course, they're hot air balloons. Do you do you know how hard it is to just fly something in the sky at that at that height in in an area like New York City? You think that just happens? By the way, nothing showed up on radar, according to of course uh, the not. FAA. It's a plastic balloon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Whatever. You can keep denying it all you want. When they come down and land and say hello. They never said they would come down and land and say hello. They said they were going to unveil. This is step one. Who did they tell this to then if they never talked to anyone? They told it to the guy who wrote the book about it. Oh. Is there a movie coming out shortly? Yes, there is. It's called uh, Skyline. (laughs) It's called Skyline. Interesting movie, too. It's coming out in a month. You got a movie. What more could you ask for? (laughs) But I I will say that regardless of the cover-up of the UFO unveiling, it is completely outrageous that our entire day is consumed by counting down how many miners we're bringing up through this shaft. It's just, it's oh, no, I can't nuts. argue with that. It's nuts. And by the way, did you know that this is the copper mine 
that supplies NASA with all of their copper. That's why NASA built the capsule, which, by the way, looks like a, a, a like a, a ninth grade science project. That whole thing looked weird. The capsule, the 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 that that flywheel. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that they, stupid flywheel. It's like they put it I together. At that rig, and I said, "Is this the best they can do?" It looks like an old uh, a, a hobby horse. It does with like a like a like an old wagon wheel on top. Yeah, with a wagon wheel on top that was going slower, <laughs> slow, and it looked didn't look it, the thing looked uh, like it was going to break. Yeah, and then and, and here's the thing that really irks me. So they've got a, a video from down in the cave, right? And uh, and they've got guys down there. They sent guys down to help the guys up. Right. Well, how come the video is like it's see you see me cam? You know, chat roulette is better than that video. You know, what is the deal? And and, you know, and I actually, I asked uh, Miss Mickey. I said, you know, why is that? Why can't they put like a, a high quality camera down there? She says, well, they're two thousand feet under the surface. I'm like, that doesn't make any difference. <laughs> We're like two miles with the with the horizon thing. You know, the, the, they had better video from. 20,000 leagues under the sea. What? Why does my connection work? Well, I'm on Skype. Are you telling me that NASA uses Skype? <laughs> I, I, I thought the video was a little peculiar. It's very peculiar. Now, I mean, this is not a slam against you, darling. This is, this, is a, this is an observation that bothers me. She's there critiquing the show on the fly? Oh, yeah. No, she gives me that look like... Well, that's it for you. What? Nothing for you tonight, my friend. Oh, she gives me the drunken goat look because I because I said that you know that that she had heard that they that they made the the goats drunk for the cheese, but I misunderstood. Just so no one thinks she's stupid, I'm the idiot. Okay, <laughs> this is the point. She wants everyone to know that Adam is the idiot, not Mickey. Yeah, All right, ladies right. and gentlemen, you're witnessing yeah. the beginning of the end. <laughs> yeah. In the morning. All right. But, so let's uh, get to some, uh, mention some producers. Yeah, let's do that for sure. We have before some. Before we do that, though, before we do that, I don't want to belabor the point, but I was looking at the, uh, I guess it was the SVU show. <laughs> and uh, Special Victims Unit. And um, I decided to look over the type of producers and, and sub-producers and co-producers and the, the titles. And they, for one thing, it, it, some of the shows they have executive producer and then they have two people listed. Sometimes they just have executive producer, one person, executive producer, one person, which is what we do sometimes. What the hell are you but talking the, listen about? Listen to the number of people involved in producing the show. Okay, so wait, 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 wait a minute. Let me, let me just recap, okay? So what you're saying is this is you, because we have producers and executive producers and associate executive producers on this program, and we have a couple of them. And uh, this, of course, is just like, Hollywood, where they actually do this. This is very normal. People are involved in a project that usually it has to do with their financial assistance. And now you've compared uh, notes here and you've looked at special victims. Yeah, I mean, we're we're weak sisters is what I'm trying to say here. And they have (laughs) extra titles that I haven't seen before. Okay. So I'm going to go over the exact order and how many people, and they're all standalones. There's none of these combined executive producer A and B. There's all standalone. Ready? I'm ready. Co-producer, co-producer, producer. Supervising producer, <laughs> consulting producer, co-executive producer, co-executive producer, co-executive producer, co-executive producer, and get this one, 
produced by. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, gee. So do we get to have the produced by credit or not even well, that? Yeah, you're the produced the produced by guy in this show. Shit, I'll sell that slot. In other words, produced <laughs> produced by apparently is the person who actually works. It's one guy who actually did something and all the rest just hung out at craft services and banged the groupies. So, so after four co-executive producers and produced by, we have again... Co-executive producer, co-executive producer, executive producer, executive producer. That's how many people are involved. All standalone titles. We really got to work on our uh, producer things here. Yeah, we need a... Cons- well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we do have a few this week, including uh, Frederick uh, Guimont, who is our uh, uh, standalone executive producer. Oh, I'm sorry. We have to go back to no, our No, 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 no. We have... Uh, uh- we have separate we have, executive producers from yeah, the Tent and Tent Show. We have ones we want to run this week. Michael Zelina and John Weaver. Michael okay. Zelina and John Weaver. Okay. Put off the list. On the list we'll for a future show will be coming up is Frederick Guimont, who from Montreal, who, uh, get, who is the last man in on the 10 10 10, uh, lucky 10 10 10 celebration uh, night. Oh, really? Okay. And so he's in on that. Uh, he needs good karma for a presentation he's doing on Tuesday to get financing to continue work on his current project, uh, pronounced Ginavig at the Ginavig.org, which is J-N-A-V-I-G-U-E, if anybody wants to check it out. It's an open-source educational video game to teach kids how to learn to read, write, and type. Hold on a second. You've got karma. There you go. Karma going out to Frederick. It's in French at the moment. Oh, so, uh, do you, uh, uh, what does have? How do you say you've got karma in French, Mickey? What? What? She said something nasty. Eh, never mind. As you have karma. Let's put it that well, way. Well, she's still pissed at you. That's yeah, she's why. totally pissed at me. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, go uh, over to 1984comic.com. Follow the making of the comic book adaptation of George Orwell's dystopian novel. Cool. That should be fun to watch. Thomas Nussbaum, who comes in as an executive producer from Virginia v- Beach, Virginia, uh, 337.88. And finally, uh, Dennis Larman, uh, who's an associate executive producer from TIEL Netherlands, okay, which I would pronounce. Let's, let's try this. It's Dennis Larman. Larman. Larman from Teal. Larman. From Teal. From Teal. Teal. He has an email that uh, he wanted me to read, which I actually have uh, downloaded, if I have the right (laughs) note. Preparation. Excellent. Curiously, by the way, uh, Dennis was called out by his brother, uh, Ronald. As a douchebag? Yeah, but now he's not a douchebag. Well, he called him a chucklehead. Well, no, that's not bad. Chucklehead is uh, fans of the Charlie. Okay, well, anyway, he's a listener from episode one, uh, Dennis. I live in shame for not donating before, but this will be all changed as of today. I donated $242.42, which I know the 10-10-10 show has already passed us, but let me explain the amount. My wife was born on October 6th. My body turned 41. I think my brain got stuck somewhere between 26 and 29. If you say that, it really got stuck at 18. His human because resource. Because it's how I still feel. So in honor of the No Agenda show, I organized a big 10-10-10 birthday brunch with loads of food and booze. Cool. That's a good thing. Before yeah. giving the big party to celebrate the start of my 42nd year on this planet, everybody started calling uh, what to get this old birthday boy calling me. Anyway, as you know, in Holland, you have, they, these parties are yeah, incessant. Yeah, every, everyone sits in a circle. 
and they sit there for a apparently <laughs> they drink not coffee much fun. and they drink coffee and it's the same people from the party from two weeks before <laughs> right. and they talk about the same crap it's a continuation i've only heard bad things about a dutch birthday <laughs> it's party. not good <laughs> it's not good so if you ever by the way to the normal listeners if you're ever invited to one beg off that's right Fl- swine flu is what i'm saying can't so anyway it. that's our uh that's our executive producers for this week no associates no, he is the associate. Dennis is the oh, associate. Oh, Dennis is the associate? Okay. All right. Let yeah. me just put that in the right place there. A couple PR mentions I'd like to make uh, before we really get into the show. First of all, happy birthday, Stephen Pelsmakers. We'll do an official uh, birthday jingle and shout out for him. Uh, but he wanted to hear his uh, his birthday mentioned. And, of course, he is the top patron of the show. And uh, as we all know, I would do a lot more for him than just wish him happy birthday. We don't want to know. No, we don't. Um Coming out very soon, a novel titled One Day in Gitmo Nation, written by our excellent human resource and producer Scott McKenzie from Gitmo Nation East. He, uh, he, now, he sent me this novel. It's about 250 pages. He sent it to me five times in, in as, as many months. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, that makes it longer. Well, you know, when someone sends you a book, it's like, hey, read this book. Like, uh, uh, you know, it's hard. But I started to read this, John. I, I am pooping myself. It is so good. It is so funny. Imagine taking every single meme, everything we've ever discussed in 243 episodes and turning it into a novel. I mean, this he's got, <laughs> but everything is like, it's, uh, so instead of swine flu, he mentions canine flu. Uh, it's got TSA nightmares in there. It's got uh, border patrol problems. It's got Airbus versus uh uh, Boeing. It's got uh, zombies. I mean, e- everything is in there, and you just you're reading through this book, and it's a page turner. I swear to God, you just go like, oh my god, oh this, is, and, and it's great. It's well written, and uh, it should be out in a couple of weeks, and he'll be selling that, and I guess he'll sell it first, and then he'll give it away for free, and of course proceeds will go to the show. I just wanted to mention that I've actually I'm like halfway through it, and it's it's absolutely phenomenal our first book i'm very excited we need to have uh, no agenda we've, we've created a book yes <laughs> we've done a book and john <laughs> i've known you for a while we've talked about your book a lot finally it's here <laughs> hey. finally yeah. there's a, a new site out no agenda stats.com which is uh, rather that interesting the same site as our survey no that's no agenda no. demographics this is no agenda stats.com and this is uh, stats that come from government sources as far as oh. i can tell that show the gdp and you know how screwed we are essentially it'd be useful yes yeah like the united nations office of drug whatever the showing the opium production all those stats that we talk about on the show so that's kind of a cool site and then uh, I just want to say hi to Ryan Garcia. He says, in the morning, Adam and John, I'm a college student in Southern California. I'm broke and I can't find the job, mostly because I have Asperger's syndrome and I'm terrible in social situations. So I was wondering if you could help me. Uh, I can make figurines out of paper clips and I would like to sell them, but I don't know how to get people interested in them. So I was wondering if you could mention it on the show and I will split the profits with you guys. Now, he makes really good figurines, I have to say. And uh, uh, and since, you know, Ryan's basically reaching out for help, I'd say, here's what you need to do, Ryan. You need to register a cool domain name uh, that has, like, no agenda in the title. Get your PayPal all set up and uh, and make some funny ones. Make some, like, you know, uh, like people going through a scan, a body scanner at TSA, at the checkpoint, uh, that kind of stuff. And then I guarantee you, you will no longer be broke and you'll help the show as well. Uh, 
I think a little guy going through a scanner is a great idea. Yeah. Holding his arms up. <laughs> In paper clips. In paper clips. It makes a great uh, executive gift. That would be good on a desk. <laughs> it would look phenomenal. All right, we want to thank our standalone executive producer, Michael Zelina, standalone executive producer, John Weaver. This episode's executive producer, Frederick Guimont. Uh, executive producer Thomas Nussbaum and our associate executive producer Dennis Larman. Uh, all of you, of course, can put this on your resume. It's an official credit. It really does count. I'd mentioned this to people here in Hollywood. They go, huh, yeah, that's pretty interesting. In fact, didn't I hear Leo Laporte say he wanted to get in on the action and get himself an executive producership on Twitter? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He said, he asked me, he said, uh, what if I did like, uh, just did every show? Well, so then you'd be the executive producer at every show. Yeah, you'd, you'd be. Oh, so can you do that? Can you actually be the executive producer of every show? Yeah, yeah you can. Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. He didn't quite get it. What was funny, though, is he said, I never listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he listens all the time. I know he does. All right, everybody else, go out there and propagate our formula. It is incredibly simple. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Lots of uh, great participation from everybody on the No Agenda Primer idea of doing a show that you can send to other people, and uh, and so that they you know a short show, which I think we should do next week, John. We should either do it right after the show, or maybe do it on Tuesday and record it. I don't care. I'm game. And uh, remember, I asked people to send uh, send in some testimonials. Yeah, how how's that coming? <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> Got any good ones to share? Hi, I'm Pete from Amsterdam, and I lost 10 pounds by listening to No Agenda. (laughs) There's a couple of really good ones. (laughs) Hi, Adam and John Hot in the morning. So that one we already knew, of course. Uh, Here's one that's interesting. Uh, Hi, this is Mark the Pilot. I listen to No Agenda because it gets me laid. I mean, I mean, talking. Of, I mean, is that is that a great uh, endorsement or what? You know, I think this is the this is the type of endorsement we're looking for. Yes. Well, there's more where that came from. In fact, my job as a Soviet spy keeps me away from home a lot. <laughs> I used to have to go into the office every now and then just to check up on the news, but now I listen to the No Agenda show, and those guys watch C-SPAN so that I don't have to. <laughs> it's great. Thanks, John and Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just do two more here. This is pretty funny stuff. Hi, I'm just a mindless human resource working customer service for a mid-level educational software company. But thanks to No Agenda, I know that however isolating and soul-crushing my life has become, I can still do my part to support the Afghan opium trade with my tax dollars. I couldn't believe how easy it was just to contribute pennies on the dollar. Thanks, John and Adam. <laughs> Come on, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I think our listeners are uh, off the hook. <laughs> I think they've, 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 yeah. It doesn't take much to push people off the track. It's a drop.io slash NA primer, N A P R I M E R. Upload them. Uh, I think they'll be very handy for uh, for the primer show that we're planning. Yeah. <laughs> and but if I heard that, I'd be like, all right. You just do a whole disc of those things. <laughs> I think people would be like, yeah, I gotta listen to this. This is good. We don't have to. Oh, we don't I have get to laid. Say much. Yeah. Yeah. How's that work? Yeah. Uh, oh, I have a correction to make uh, before uh, before we uh, move any further. Um, I incorrectly stated that the 
sound clip of Sheila Dickshit was from the BBC. In fact, it was uh, from uh, Down Under. And, oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I made a mistake there. I, I, and the, the producers uh, wrapped my knuckles for making such a mistake. It does happen from time to time. But it still is like an official, official broadcast. The guy's been fired, by the way, who, uh, who said that. All right, so a uh, couple of things. Are we going to start light or heavy? Light or heavy? Uh, let's, we've, we've been laughing here. Let's do something heavy. Oh, I haven't got anything heavy. <laughs> I got plenty of heavy stuff. You, you want? Right, we'll start off, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll catch up. Okay, well, want to? Okay, you want me to to jump right into it? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I'm looking at my list of clips and see if there's anything. Unless you want to listen to that Chilean singing again. No, go yeah. ahead. Well, the the Transportation Security Administration is in the news uh, quite a bit as we. Uh, wheel around Gitmo Nation. Uh, and what is up with Gizmodo? Are those guys like, uh, they should be donating to the show. All they seem to be doing is listening to our show and writing articles about it and, and actually doing some, some decent research. Apparently, as of November 1st, if you refuse the naked body scanner, you're going to get an enhanced pat-down, which... Uh, and is- who's getting masturbated, apparently? <laughs> what? There's a happy ending involved. Oh, well, okay. Then that's good. Um, so they, they, this has actually been quoted that's kind of... That's what the TSA has been angling for all these all this time. Sex? That's what it's all about? You know, the it's funny just, thing is there's none of those crazy devices in Seattle yet. I hope they don't put them in. They are now officially mandatory in Gitmo Nation East. I, that just came through on Twitter this morning. Uh, you cannot fly in uh, Gitmo Nation East unless you go through a naked body scanner. Here it's still kind of opt-out. But what they're saying is, and I'm paraphrasing um, hearsay because there is nothing, well, I do have something official from the TSA, but there's nothing really official about these enhanced pat-downs. But if you refuse the naked body scanner, which, of course, is still going to be your good right, they're going to make it so incredibly nasty for you that you're going to be begging to go through this thing. Uh, And they're insinuating you will even have a cavity search. I'm like, great. Finally. They're going to, uh, those things give you cataracts. The uh, the scans? The, yeah, sure. I think they give you a lot more than just cataracts. They probably give you cancer. Yeah. Well, here's I think a, we need to get the meme out there. Well, so they have, this is, uh, here's the meme. It's called Secure Flight, and uh, the TSA is only lifting a little bit of the veil of what is going to be taking place as of November hold, 1st. Hold on, Adam. Hold on. Hold on. I have to interrupt you. I'm sorry. I, before we go on with this discussion, uh, I just there's a, just some numbers I'd, I'd like to get a bit better handle on this. How many uh, over the last uh, I don't know eight years uh, without the scanner? How many incidents have there been where we've almost lost a plane because of some terrorist that got through and he would have been stopped? He would have been stopped by the scanner. Um, well, we had the uh, let's just say over the last eight years. I'm going to say one for sure. Who? Well, no. I mean, no, we didn't. Well, he had the underwear bomber. He, he wouldn't have been found out by the scanner. Oh. Um, uh, well, we had the liquid bombers. Uh, no, no, no. They never did anything. Right. Um, zero. 
So over the last eight years, we've had no episodes. And we know for a fact that if something does happen or even partially happens or somebody's even thinking of doing something, it gets publicized big time. Nothing's kept a secret because we got to keep the, p- the public uh, kind of in a fearful state. So you're telling me nothing, no. absolutely nothing has happened in eight years, 30,000 flights a day. In eight years, a day, 30,000, do the math. Nothing's happened, and we have to walk through these idiotic scanners so they can see us naked? Wow, can I hit this one? Do you have something to hide? Asking. Do you have something to hide? Are you are you afraid that they're going to see you naked? Do you have something to hide, John? You should you surely have nothing to hide. I mean, it's embarrassing having a twelve incher. Yeah, here we go. This is the uh, secure flight program from the TSA, which kicks off November first, coming soon to a checkpoint near you. At the Transportation Security Administration, your safety is our priority. TSA is partnering with airlines to phase in our new secure flight program, a behind-the-scenes process that... I I love the the behind-the-scenes process. Anything but transparent. It's all backstage, behind the scenes. It's a process. And don't you love... Isn't it ironic how these guys talk exactly like the movies when they're doing the Big Brother thing? The Transportation Security Administration is here for your safety. Standardizes the way travelers are matched against government watch lists. Under Secure Flight, airlines will begin asking passengers to book their travel with the name that appears on the government ID they plan to use when traveling, as well as their date of birth and gender. Secure Flight matches the information for each passenger against government watch lists to identify known and suspected terrorists. Providing this information improves the pre-flight security process and helps passengers whose names are similar to those on watch lists avoid misidentification. <laughs> Is this unbelievable or what? This costs as much money to produce as one of those machines costs to make. <laughs> Secure flight does not affect the security screening that takes place at the airport. The name passenger is well, it's, it's for a reason. Slave, shut up. When booking their travel is used to perform watch list matching before boarding passes are issued. So small difference. So we're going to get watch list matching before boarding passes are issued. Ah. This is on boarding passes or IDs should not impact travel. The new secure flight measures utilize state-of-the-art technology to ensure passenger information remains private. (laughs) Oh, this sounds like a fiasco. State-of-the-art technology to ensure your uh, your uh, uh, to ensure privacy. Yeah, you ensure your privacy. What what is what does that mean? Is it one of those databases that can only hold two billion records? I mean, where does it end? Your cooperation helps TSA keep the traveling public safe every day at every airport. For more information, go to tsa.gov. You find out nothing. Yeah. And so, uh, Eric did the calculations. 87.6 million flights have happened without an incident, without a crash, without a blow up, without anything. So we're putting, we're spending millions and millions of dollars on these machines so they can see us naked. It's yeah. ridiculous. Well, anyway. well, the chat room is very, uh, very happy that you have finally uh, given us your girth, and uh, we know what the C stands for now in John C. Dvorak. <laughs> that's uh... <laughs> that's a good one. I could use that. <laughs> yeah, so um, anyway, so what? So what are we going to do? There's nothing we can do about it because we're just being pushed around again by these government bureaucrats. Yes, we are. 
And so it, and we can't do anything about it, of course, because um, because we have implemented nullification. We've got a lot of letters on that. Wow, it, it's it's really phenomenal how big the response was. People really love the show. They really love the whole nullification uh, talk, the Tenth Amendment. Um, I am uh, pretty much done with the book. Great book, by the way. Really, uh, really outstanding. What I like the most about, and this is, um, what's the guy's name again? Thomas Woods. Thomas Woods, uh, who wrote the book Nullification about the uh, terror state. <laughs> that's not quite the subtitle, but that's the way I remember it. Um, interesting uh, chapters about the Supreme Court and how the Supreme Court cannot ever be the body that determines whether a law is constitutional or not because they are part of the government. I thought that was very interesting because we've all just kind of rolled over and uh, and just take it as, okay, well, Supreme Court says that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Shut up. Law of the land. Exactly. So, yeah, it was good. There is a couple of websites. If you type in the Tenth Amendment into Google, you'll find them. They're kind of he- heading up this, which I believe, by the way, this could easily become a huge trend, uh, the Tenth Amendment movement. Um, and I'd keep an eye on it as a trend now, should, over the now, next... Now, uh, along the lines of the Tenth Amendment, should each individual state be able... Should, shouldn't we be allowed to determine what we subject our human resources to at the airport? Or is that a complete federal function? Have we just given that up? Or how does that work? Uh, I don't know, to be honest about it. I think it's... It dep- I don't know. I, I mean, the, the FAA, uh, theoretically, their rules in within a state could be nullified. Uh, but then they could, you know, restrict flights. I mean, there's ways of, of them making you obey. <laughs> they have ways of making you dark. So I don't know. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll start to develop these themes over the next year, so it'll be one of our main things. So one of the top things I was following is that I've noticed George Clooney. Oh, my goodness. At the White House? Is that what you're going to say? Oh, well, yeah, he was at the White House. Then he was giving a talk with this character, John Prendergast, and if you look him up and then look up some of these organizations he's involved with, uh, you are witnessing or looking at a classic economic hitman. I mean, George Clooney is, there's, you know, the White House has a flicker stream, and he's sitting there getting a briefing from President Obama on Sudan. Yeah. Huh? So Clooney's become the what? go-to guy in Sudan. <laughs> Why? I, watch- I don't understand. I don't understand. How did he become that? What did he do? He's an actor. Well, here- Play, play. He's, he, I've come to the conclusion that Clooney works for the government. Well, he he looks great. I mean, he he looks the part, right? He looks like that. He looks. Like, he could be president. He, yeah, he well, would well, be a great a, president. He, play a little of the Clooney in South Sudan, and I'll tell you about this. What 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 this is? Okay, here we go. Adley. Well, I mean, we, I've made trips to China. John's been there plenty of times. We've had, you know, you can't really shame, uh, you know, them into it. He stammers and, a lot uh, Wait, so, because he's lying. So what? What this says? First of all, it was Haiti. He did the whole big Haiti thing, right? Where, he, but then he was dressed down by some CIA guy, or whoever it was at, the, at one of the award shows. You know, in public, and but, that he was very sheepish about that. Then he went to do Darfur. Yeah. And he's been told, apparently told to move out of the Darfur thing and just, just concentrate on South Sudan. This is the big thing. <laughs> but this is like, he is now the spokesperson for the Ministry of Truth. It's unbelievable. Well, this, this, 
this speech that I, that, or this little talk that he's sitting there with this guy, John Prendergast, uh, the two of them are sitting there. And who do you think they're talking to? They're sitting at the Council of Foreign Relations. Of course, of course. Let's listen to the rest of this clip. <laughs> you know, they're a pretty big country with big needs, and they need oil. And there's a lot of oil there right now. It's the third oil. largest uh, oil. oil supplier out of Africa. So it's a big number. And it's all, you know, you can go there and see Chinese workers uh, in backs of trucks. Oh, my God. And so there it is. There's oil, but the Chinese are in there. We need to go in and take that. Damn it. That's our oil. Who do they think they are? They have Sudanese. Send in Clooney. Well, wow. what they're telling us, these two guys, are, is a couple of things. But first, there's a subtle hidden message. Now, I want you to play the Sudan Pendergast edited clip. I edited it because this is so subtle. This is so subtle and kind of hard to pick up on that I edited the clip. This is an edited clip which emphasizes, I think, what we're really talking about here. But I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, frankly, because I think if we can get through this period, if diplomacy wins the day, if a negotiated settlement addressing everyone's interests, there's a lot of money to be made. There's a lot of money to be made. There's a lot of money to be made. And this is not an insignificant factor. And if they can figure out a way to share that, there's a lot of money to be made. And they can figure out a way to where to place that border and then stick the pylons in there. There's a lot of money to be made. And they can figure out a way. There's a lot of money to be made to coexist as two separate entities. I, I, I can't quite pick up on the meme, John. What, uh, what, what is it? Apparently. <laughs> there's a lot of money to be made. Where is so Sudan? What? Let me take a look at the map here for a second. So Sudan is just south of Egypt. You go to Egypt and take a look. Who runs that place? Um, the, well, it's a, it's run by a dictator who took over. He's a, he's a Muslim uh, general or something. I don't know. I mean, you can look it up on Wikipedia. There's a pretty good history there. So, so here's what here's. Let me tell you what they're setting up. So, I mean, whatever that says in Wikipedia or any place else is not what's going on. Because, but if you had to read between the lines, besides the fact there's a lot of money to be made, uh, and this guy. Uh, if anybody watches the show Rubicon, there's like this analysis firm that's kind of outside the government, but they work closely with the CIA and all the intelligence agencies. And they sell information. There's a bunch of these these operations. In fact, many of them were at this meeting, and they would introduce themselves. As soon as they said the company name, it was like, yeah, the Center for Strategic Studies in the Middle East, you know, kind of thing. It's all, all these companies that do nothing more than jam a bunch of analysts in a room and go over all kinds of interesting information and come up with ideas. Or as the woman who headed this thing, it was policy ideas. But anyway, here's what's just to cut through all that crap. Uh, what it seems is that the, 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 what the plan is, is to allow South Sudan to split off as an independent country. That's what we're going to support, the United States. Hmm. And that will give us, and, and the, the argument we're going to use is that the, if, we, if, the, if that doesn't happen, the South Sudanese, who are the Christians in the, in the split, this is very many African countries have like a Muslim North and a Christian South and other religions, native religions, many, mm -hmm. uh, they can't put up with these Muslims. Because oh, wait, a minute, just... wait a minute. So South Sudan, of course, borders on Uganda. Right. Right. And then North borders on... Um... Egypt. Uh, no. Darfur. No, Darfur is in Sudan. Okay. Right, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. It, it does border on Egypt. I'm sorry. Wow, that thing is, the Sudan is big. It's the biggest country in Africa. It's unbelievable, so, yeah. 
So which means it easily can be cut in half. But anyway, the point. Let me just tell you what the what the what from get, listening to the council for relations meeting. What I get, what I got out of it is what is what what they're going to try to do. First of all, it's the Chinese who moved into the place with. Well, I don't care what you you guys do. Kill each other. We don't care as long as you let us, you know, drills for oil. Yeah. And so so essentially, the Chinese are they got all the oil wells uh, all over the coast, and so. Um, I believe that the oil field can be tapped from both the south and the northern part of Sudan. Yeah, and they can and they so, can do uh, uh, horizontal drilling now. Yeah, we can do anything yeah. we want. We're geniuses. So, <laughs> yeah. so essentially, we we're can't get thirty three miners from two thousand feet, but we but we can get oil, boy. We can do we can do that, no problem. So we're going to cut the country in half. Uh, if we don't, the subtle threat is, well, I don't know what's going to happen. These crazy people down in the south are so irked, and they got guns and tanks. And Clooney goes on and on about this. Oh, they got guns and tanks, and they got guns and tanks. They're, they're, they're armed to the teeth. Well, does, does, does he, and the, but he has to say something about the poor residents. He, he can't be about just about making money. He's got to be about saving someone. Otherwise, his He, he kind of throws it work. in, but... It seems as the money seems to be the Muslim. He throws it in as a kind of a, yeah, the humanitarian. He mentions the word a couple of times. Let's be realistic about this. This has got nothing to do with anything but, but oil. And so they're going to split the country in half, and then they're going to go after the oil that the Chinese are drilling out of there and before the Chinese get it all, all out of there. Apparently it's the, the third biggest reserve in the world or some, it's a ton, lot of oil, or the third biggest in Africa at least. And... Um, that's what's going on, and we're going to somehow we're going to get suckered into some sort of military action that's going to cost us a bunch taxpayers a bunch of money, so some oil companies can go in there, which is you know I suppose is you know what we do, and we just have to face that reality. Uh, that's this is how it operates. It's an economic hitman situation. Only this is a little more complicated because first we got to split the country in half and have them get independent. That's a lot of work. <laughs> well, yeah, so what is Clooney's role in all this? To prepare the slaves to understand the messaging? I believe so, yes. Wow, because I guess they wouldn't bring in a heavy hitter like Clooney unless you know we really had to spend some money on, uh, on splitting the country in half. This is going to cost money. Jeez Louise. And Obama's in on it. He's sitting there oh, yeah. in, in the yeah, in the that's backyard. That's why he's in his office, hanging out. I mean, but seriously, he's he's got his white button-down shirt on. You know, they got their shirt their shirt sleeves rolled up, and they're talking about Sudan. Yeah, George Clooney. That's right. He's the man who's going to help us. It is crazy. Does anyone else see the idiocy of this? <laughs> Apparently not. No. Why wow. would they? Wow. I mean, for one thing, we have to we make the accusation. At least I kind of do that. Clooney is is, is either. Uh, He's either working for one of these think tanks on the side, or he is a go-to guy for the one of the agencies. Uh, I think intelligence he's, he's MK Ultra. Uh, the guy, the guy has he can't even control his own thoughts. Well, if here you, it is. You can go that way. As far as I, I'm more. I I think back more along these lines, uh, and he gets you know. He gets. I mean, the guy's just in the right place at the right time all the time. It's too a little fishy. His uh, aunt, whoever was uh, uh, Clooney, what's her name, Rosemary Clooney, Rosemary, was always yeah. on the USO thing, so she would oh, have some right. connections. Right. I'm telling you, they implanted the guy early when he was just a kid. Well, they probably they probably got him to sign up early. I mean, it's like those <laughs> kids who come out of college, who we know personally, as some of them, yes, uh, who are recruited by the CIA immediately so they can become plants in newspapers. It's funny. Um, uh, a gallery holder friend of Mickey's was over the other day, 
and she's had a gallery in Los Angeles, uh, I don't know, since like 1984 or something. But she, she's a very kind of radical person, and she has a lot of Iranian friends. In fact, Los Angeles is often um, um, called, uh, ter- what do they call it again? Uh, ter- uh, terror, terror- Tehran what? Terranium or something like that, like terrorist. I mean, there's a huge Iranian community. And, uh, and she said that she actually knew a journalist who really was just released six months ago. Now, this guy you didn't hear about in the news. Uh, he was held uh, captive in Iran, and he was actually tortured every single day. And she had tons of stories about you know, how, how uh, he actually <clears throat> kind of endears his torture because the guy was obsessed with New Jersey you know, had questions like, are there Jews in New Jersey? And the guy like, yeah, there's tons of Jews. No, there's no Jews in New Jersey. He was completely obsessed with Tolstoy and all kinds of weird stuff. So she's talking about all these stories. And I said, so let me ask you about these other jabronis who um, who kind of were hiking and wandered across. Oh, the three hikers from Berkeley? Yeah, she says, spooks. <laughs> she says, total spooks. Everyone knows it. The whole Iranian community, everybody knows they were total spooks. Said they're from Berkeley. She said, yup, spook central. Like okay, nice to get it confirmed from somebody else in the art. We've world. had it confirmed from two or three people. Yeah. We can't. All yeah. we do is get it confirmed. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Everybody knows except the people around <laughs> here in Berkeley. <laughs> well, they they it's may a, know. I mean, what a perfect place to set up shop. These guys, the people in Berkeley, are idiots. They keep voting in whatever Democrat runs for Congress, whoever it is. This is a rubber stamp. They don't think for themselves. They get pushed around by their local government. They're a pathetic group. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, let's set up shop there and put our put our CIA West Coast division in Berkeley, right on the campus. It's perfect. <laughs> They've got a recruiting office and everything. It's awesome. I I, I can't get over this picture of Clooney sitting with Obama. And it, I can't. It's, it, and it's he's like a, Elvis with Nixon. And he's a handsome guy. You know, he's just he's, he's just, he just fall in love with him. It's like, you know what, George? If I can just rub one out thinking of you, you can go invade. Sudan, you can split up the country. Actually, Letterman said that. Letterman had him on the show once, and he said they just uh, Clooney's yakking away, and Letterman's just looking at him, and and, and dude, with, they had nothing to do with the conversation. Letterman says, "You just get laid wherever you go, right?" <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's <laughs> exactly what it is, and and it, he's perfect. He's absolutely. I wonder how the well, either they got him really young or they recruited him somehow. But the guy's set for life, and I think he will have a political career. Right now, he's he's handy in in the role that he's playing, but he could be our president easily. The yeah, guy no, looks I think we part. may be looking at this. Should be on the prediction list. Clooney, a senator or a president, uh, probably not a governor. It's too much work. No, he'll do the fast track senator senator president. Yeah, senator boom, short boom, term. Boom, you don't want to stay in the Senate too long, like Hillary, because you have to get in and get out. Otherwise, you get a record. Or or he could be appointed secretary of state. Yeah. Then I, that that would not go over. No, well, I don't know. I shoot. I wish he was running in the California elections. I got my uh, my voter thing in. You know, like you. Could, oh, he'd he'd beat uh, anybody. I'm so confused. No one. No wonder the the process is. I look at these ballots. I don't know all these. I gotta vote for like the treasurer and all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and and meanwhile, all the the only commercials that are running here is. Whitman sucks. Jerry Brown sucks. Uh, Fiorina sucks. Barbara Boxer sucks. Everybody sucks. It's Welcome like, to California. I'm, I'm sure it's not different anywhere else, but it's 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 just it's crazy. It's to- everybody sucks. Everyone's evil. Now, of course, that's true. 
But I don't understand how the slaves put up with it. Can't we have one guy saying, you know, whatever happened to, hey, I'm going to fix everything, damn it. We got none of that here. So on, on my clip list, oh well, well, actually, there's I've got I do have a bunch of stuff. Then we're going to run out of material, but I'm not. I do have a bunch. I found and I know I'm going to get a lot. Anyone who saw SVU last, the SVU <laughs> by the way, Law and Order SVU is the uh, message meme machine. It's the one that whatever the message, whatever Obama wants you to know. It's in. It's in. And what are the ratings on uh, special it's victims high. unit? Mm. I don't have the numbers. I don't have the the Nielsen's here. But it's not. It showed the show is 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 very successful. But it's not like a number one show. It's not. I mean, NCIS takes that. I think. But anyway, but NCIS is more of a is kind of a comedy action adventure. It's it's different. They have a couple. Actually, I have a clip. Uh, they were memeing a little bit as well. NCIS this week. Um, I'm looking at ratings. I'd like to know what uh, what the special victims unit. I mean, a lot of the country must watch that show. Yeah, it's, it's, and they're putting their most of their work into it. I mean, just count the number of producers, <laughs> right? And and we one, should two, we should look three, at some four, of these names. Three, we should find out what these guys are. Well, here's the one. Here's the name that you want to find out. I've been looking. I looked at the guy. I couldn't find him. But the guy who produced he was the he was the co-producer, which is a bullshit title. Uh, and then he was the writer, and and with the a friend of mine worked on the Law and Order staff as a writer and a producer, and he says the producers are the writers. This show is is, is kind of group written, but he he right. was the writer, and this it says written by, and the guy's name is Speed Weed. Speed Weed. Yeah. No, that can't yeah. be Speed Weed. Here we go. Oh, I've got a link right here. Interesting. This is from 2009. Apparently, he was on the crew. You know, I guess he was the guy selling the, the way I would say it. He's the dope seller and the guy who sells meth. I mean, that's what uh, it on sounds. the show. He's the pusher from the show. No, I mean, they say the guy that helps the helps the crew out. Speed weed. Anyway, come on. And, what, and, what kind of a name is this? It's hippies raised this kid, obviously. Hey man, hey, speed weed. Dude. What are we gonna call a kid, man? I think we should call him Speed Weed. That's right. Wow. All right. Yeah, he seems to be a mysterious, mysterious guy. But yeah, he's clearly the one that brings the dope on set for the actors. Either that or he's anti-dope. Again, he was raised by hippies. I mean, it's either either way. Anyway, so but but the point of this is is that the a lot of the country is controlled by uh, by passing on these messages and they get they get into the meme pool and people start to really believe what is said and 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 it works this is psyops is what we call this yes and this psyops this week ladies and gentlemen was to uh, pull the one this is an obama thing it's right out of the white house uh let's stop Promote and by the way, this may have something to do with the fact that the Coke and Pepsi people didn't contribute enough money to the campaigns. Uh, so let's blast the soda people. And how are we going to do this? Well, let's say I have a writers' meeting. Well, let me think. What we can do? Let's equate them with the tobacco companies. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hey, hey, uh, hey, who produces that show? Who's the big producer? Is that a Wolf? Uh, Dick Wolf. Dick Wolf. I think. Yeah. Hey, Wolfie. Hey, man. Listen, uh, we you know those. Uh, like the Pepsi and Coke guys, like they didn't really didn't do a good job for us. So uh, we wanted to go fuck with them. Fuck with them. I'll bring those fuckers down, will you? So let's start with this. This is a very long clip, but it, and I've never, be honest about it, I have never, this is like a megabyte clip I got here. I have never seen it laid on so thick 
This is the uh, it's one minute and four seconds. It's not that li- not, not that big. It's not short. Uh, this is the SVU SVU soda kills kids like tobacco does clip. Soda used to mean fun, good times, America. But now it means 300-pound kids getting winded walking up the school steps. Yeah, people say we're as bad as cigarette companies. You don't see me out there forcing soda down kids' throats. Big Tobacco said the same thing. Didn't work out too well in court, did it? Well, Lindsay Elding is why we're not in court. She was sexy, smart. She even charmed the Neanderthals on the other side. Oh, she was man. that good. Good. That's a laugh. Lindsay Elding and all the soda companies know their products are poison. Is that why you refused the hundred grand they offered your organization? That was a bribe to silence us. We were about to pass a tax on soda when that get-off-the-couch campaign killed it. That was Lindsay Elding's brainchild. Well, people should exercise more. Of course. But she distracted everyone from the simple fact that soda's bad for kids. Ask Davy Gam's mother. She'll tell you what soda did to him. <laughs> Davy was 12 when he took his life. <laughs> I tried to make him stop with the cola, but he was addicted to it. <laughs> Soda made him kill himself. I collected all the research. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Isn't that a winner? So wait a minute. Is Glenn Beck on board with this as well with that whole... Because there's an aspartame meme that is running around right now. Yeah, and of course, uh, I I think we we pretty much all know that aspartame is poison. It's highly addictive. It makes you go blind. It's all it's it's a poisonous substance. It is in everything. Try to get a pack of gum that doesn't have aspartame in it. Try, I, yeah, I defy impossible. you. I defy you. I saw like a Wrigley's Double Mint at the at the smoke shop the other day. I was like, oh my gosh, that's like old school uh, chewing gum. You know, sticks of gum. It's like yes. Yeah. Oh great, I'd love to buy some. And I flip it over. Aspartame. Everything has aspartame in it. So if it's diet soda, then yeah, I can imagine where the kid offs himself because of diet soda. But this is all about the obesity thing. And uh, wow, it's big yeah, tobacco. Well, the, so to make it worse, I got one more, two more actually short clips. Uh, well, play the little short clip here, which I thought was really interesting because they're going to get all kinds of pressure on this one. Play the HFCS makes you fat. Just listen to this. High fructose corn syrup can make you obese. <laughs> yeah. So they just dropped that bomb in the middle of the show. Which, by the way, is is no longer... Well, I think this is part of the aspartame meme. They're trying to get rid of uh, high fructose corn syrup, which is now called corn sugar. They've rebranded it because uh, you know there's a war on for that. It's corn sugar. It's not high fructose corn syrup. Right, it's which corn of course, as sugar. we predict on this show, will lead to them eventually changing the, the sugar. word It'll to sugar. Sugar. It'll just be called sugar. All right. So here's the final Law and Order clip. Now the final one, which I want to, I just want to bring this up because this is your little, this is your little bit of uh, neurolinguistic programming by using associative words. So what they use in this case is the word push. As in drug pusher, I mean, you know, somebody who forces you to get hooked, mm. and and so to use it uh, in this context, as you'll hear, is obviously meant to have a, a psychological effect on the listener. One of the most expensive neighborhoods. No, that's not it. Stop! 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 Company pushes soda. Sorry about that. A little confusing. She had a genius for corporate giving. And it doesn't bother you that the money came from a company that pushes soda? <laughs> wow. So in other words, if Coca-Cola wants to sponsor something, this is a company that push. Yeah, they push. That's what they sell. Yeah. It's, a, it's not like an illegal product. The company that pushes soda. Oh, this, does it bother you that you're taking money from a company that pushes soda? 
become a bad thing. They're going to ban it. They ban advertising. That's but that's coming up. They're going to ban advertising for these soda companies because they didn't cough up enough money during the last political round, and they're not coughing it up now. I'm warning you out there, the Coca-Cola people and the Pepsi people and those shareholders, they're going to ban advertising of these products on television, and your stock's going to go through the tank. So short on uh, the Coca-Cola company and PepsiCo, and I think you're... Well, they can get out of it. They don't you don't short yet because if they start coughing up, on, um, they start doing enough yeah. payoff right. to, the, to the Congress, you know, just tons well, but, like the but, tobacco yeah, companies. But I, yeah, but the, to but the tobacco companies, in the long run, they really, it really didn't work. No, it won't work for these guys either. And, and, just- and here's where it's really headed, because we've been tracking this about uh, people uh, being asked if they're smokers on job applications. This is rampant. Adam and John uh, getting caught up on the episodes. Uh, th- this type of thing is becoming very common where I work. The company I work for made it policy a couple of years. They will not hire any smokers, period. Well, it's actually illegal in California to ask that question. Well, they... Uh, the hiring, I, do have a, I have an anecdote, though. Well, the hiring policy, and this is what I love, we will recruit, hire, train, promote persons in all job titles without regard to sex, race, color, religion, gender, pregnancy, ancestry, national origin, age, sexual orientation, gender identity, military or veteran status, genetic information, physical or mental disability, uh, except where the disability prevents the individual from being able to perform the essential functions of the job and cannot be reasonably, reasonably accommodated. I mean, you can be deformed, crippled, retarded, transsexual, bastard, but if you smoke, sorry, no job for you. I mean, that's crazy. That's, and so what is it next? It's like, do you, do you smoke? Do you drink uh, soda? I'm sorry. We, you can't. There's no place for you here at Big Co. They, they come yeah, for well, your smokes first, and they're, com- they're coming for everything, people. You can laugh, ab- and I said this before, you can laugh about, how oh, it's great, the smokers, it's killing us anyway, secondhand smoke. Ugh. But that's just the start of it. Now they're coming for your soda, they're coming for everything, except for weed. Your weed is good, and your, and yeah, your heroin, and your heroin. heading in the right direction. Yeah, and your heroin. Oddly enough. Yeah, your heroin is good. Oh, the heroin for sure. Yeah. So anyway... Uh, that's what I spotted that I thought it was like, wow. I mean, these guys, it wasn't even close to being subtle. So I'm now making SVU a, a, a weekly watch because it's, it's essentially a culture watch. <laughs> it's what we do. So you don't have to. I'm so glad you're doing that, John. Yeah, I know you. I don't think you could put up with that show. It's uh, little, I mean, the bad acting little, on that show is just no, enough to make you throw up. Yeah, it's really bad. I do have one thing I did watch. I did. I didn't find anything on the regular law and order los angeles which has become kind of a, a buddy cop show it's not even it doesn't have any memes that i can tell at least not major ones but there was a they did have a teaser for it which does have kind of a new meme in it which is the the clip you might as well play which is the lno not over clip one of the most expensive neighborhoods Pro surfer. Huge talent. Is the last place you'd expect to find a gang. The Moonbay crew, a bunch of rich boy surfers with attitude. But these gangsters have real deep pockets. You don't want anybody spoiling that view. You're just trying to make me look like a terrible person. I'm describing what you are. A thug. But this one's not over. Step away from the girl! Till the fat guy gets tased. Law and Order Los Angeles, next on NBC. Well, what is the point? You, it's not over until me? the fat guy gets tased. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> 
I think that's they're, they're just trivializing taser use of tasers. <laughs> that should be our slogan. It's not that's over until the fat guy gets tased. <laughs> that's amazing. You got to get that sound effect, which is obviously <laughs> a sound effect of the taser going off. Yeah, I, I'll get one somewhere. Oh, that's outrageous. It's not over to the fat guy. <laughs> it's like it's so wrong on so many levels. We even say the science is in science. Sorry, I wanted to move on to a, a story that we missed last week, but you actually sent it to me, and even though I had it in the show notes, we'll put it again this week about the, the um, emeritus professor of physics at the University of California, Santa Barbara, who yeah. resigned. Yeah, he resigned from the, the, one of the climate change group saying it's a bunch of bull crap and he's not putting up with it anymore. And every and when I ran that, I ran that on the Twitter feed. You know, I said, hey, look at this. I got a whole bunch of these 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 robots, that, you know, these Twitter robots that apparently are following me. I blocked them all. Yeah. So, well, that doesn't mean anything. You just, what, are you a denialist? You yeah. know, they, <laughs> I don't, I don't sign up, by the way. By the way, I'm not on Twitter. To, 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 Twitter to me is a communications vehicle and a, and a crowdsourcing thing and, I, and a thing for microblogging. I'm not there to, to take any guff. As soon as somebody gives me any You're guff blocked. on Twitter, You're blocked. You're blocked. I never hear bitch. from them again. You're so blocked. I don't need guff. I get plenty of guff on my blog. I get guff when I'm at the store. I get guff from the TSA. I mean, I don't need to guff. And from, la- ladies from and gentlemen, Earth. that is the word of the day. Guff. G-U-F-F, John? Double F? Yeah, I believe so. What is the exact definition of guff? Bullcrap. <laughs> I'm headed your way. Somehow, I don't think this is the thesaurus is going to give me bullcrap as a... Uh, headed your way. Uh, headed your way? Yeah, it would be, you're getting guff. You're, it's not just something that's that's free formed. It's got to be noun, slang, ridiculous or insolent talk. Hmm, sounds right. Let me see if there's any. Uh, no, that's about insolence. It. Would be the good. Insolence. Would be the nonsense. Baloney. Back talk baloney. I don't need a bunch of back talk baloney. <laughs> I don't need no. I'm a back talk baloney bigot. I don't need no guff from you. Shut up, yo. So please have a read of this uh, of the guy's letter, which uh, the Telegraph and Gitmo Nation East published in its entirety. It's great, and the guy just lays it out there. He says, "You know, it's totally. I'm not the global warming scam." He says, "With literally trillions of dollars driving it, has corrupted so many scientists and carried APS before it like a rogue wave. It's the greatest and most successful pseudo scientific fraud I've seen in my li- long life as a physicist." Anyone who has the faintest doubt that this is so should force himself to read the Climate Gate documents which lay it bare. I don't believe that any real physicist, nay scientist, can read that stuff without revulsion. It would almost make that revulsion a definition of the word scientist. Wow. This is, yeah, mean, he wasn't happy. You know, I we had dinner with a CEO recently, and he says to me, just casually, bro- somehow I came in the conversation, his brother's a climatologist. And I said, what does he think about uh, global warming? He says, it's a bunch of bull crap. But he says he, he says he won't talk about it. And none of the other professionals won't talk about it because it's become politicized. And they get nothing but guff if they say anything. So it says it's not worth the effort. So they just shut up. And not just that they get guff, but they don't get no moolah. It's, it's all of your funding that, gets dude. turned off. That's the real problem is science. And this is what's in the guy's letter as well is that science is now basically funded by big corporations. And that's how it works. And so it goes. And Al Gore, where is he? The horny, sex-crazy sex poodle? 
He's been, well, we spotted that early. Yeah, they they decided to take him out. Yeah, he's been pushed to the sidelines. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. We have a few donors this week, and I want to mention to people that if you feel like contributing to the show, and you should, because we provide about 16 to 18 hours of uh, of good information a month. More this uh, month, because there's five uh, five Saturdays, five Sundays, and uh, uh, I guess five Thursdays? It's a lot. Yeah. We're doing a lot of work this month. It's okay. Uh, and uh, so uh, go to noagendashow.com or dvorak.org slash na. Uh, which has most of the programs on it. And I have to take off a couple uh, since our ten 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 thing is over. Uh, yeah, that's that's out. over. But the the mothership, uh, the mothership's you, still coming. You want yeah, you want to hop on that because you know now that the uh, UFOs, as announced, showed themselves on uh, the thirteenth. You know yeah. that there's some truth to the matter, and we're holding a boarding pass for you. Your so name we do is have on. one make good from last week. We didn't. Uh, we knighted uh, Ernie Ernst's company rather than Ernie Ernst. And we should probably uh, should we do it? him. You want to? Do you want to do that now? I mean, how, no. Uh, we, well, we had to. Also, Frederick Guimol gets a knighthood. Okay, so we'll do Ernie again. Then we'll do Ernie in the knighthood uh, segment. Right, and then uh, other donors this week were Johannes Sporkin out of San Francisco, uh, hundred dollars. Uh, Ryan Couture, Fairfax, Virginia. He uh, meant to donate forty two forty two on ten ten, but he was. Uh, Apparently ended up working on Sunday because he he works for the company that has Lumberg working there. Apparently, um, <laughs> forgot to donate. Reports. So now he did. <laughs> Ryan Couture, uh, Lucas Tahema would be the way I pronounce it. Is but he's not Mexican. He's I'll, Dutch. I'll try uh, Tahema. Tahema from in Lucas Tahema from from. Uh, uh, Egg guest. <laughs> Oostgeest. Netherlands. Oostgeest. What? Oostgeest. <laughs> Oostgeest? Say it properly now. Oostgeest. Oostgeest. Yeah, good. That's close enough. <coughs> Thank you, Lucas. <laughs> wow. That, this one, but for people out there listening to the show, let me just spell this, this Oostgeest thing. <laughs> O-E-G-S-T-G-E-E-S-T. Yeah, Oostgeest. Yeah. It's Whose side are you on? Yeah. David <laughs> Burneff. Raleigh, North Carolina, beautiful city, 52-56-25. After the difficulties you had in the morning, I decided to send you all my full tilt poker winnings for the month of oh, October. That's very so, cool. Thank you. I, I like that. So anyone wins on full tilt poker, uh, we deserve the money. I don't know why. Sir William Arcand from Draycut, Massachusetts, 55-10. Uh, hoping to get a little karma. Wife lost her cat. Aw, well, that it's sucks. A cat. Hold on, hold on it, a second. Good health. But it's still He's missing. Got karma. Hopefully, this donation will stir the entropy karma pool and help Byte, B Y T E, aka Terabyte, find his way home. Ah, oh, is that his name? I wanted the cat's lot gone. He's like, it's like, what do you? You might as well call me Speed Weed. Call me <laughs> Speed Weed. <laughs> call me Matthew, Bite. Uh, Polakowski from Lakewood, Ohio. 55 double nickels on the dime. He needs a shout-out to his Brian Polakowski. Yeah, that's, we have that's on the list. List. yeah, we got him on the list. Uh, oh, and also from his uber douchebag brother, Matthew in Lakewood. Yep. They both love the show and decided to donate as presidents for each other's birthdays. Please give Brian a de-douching. Oh, oh sorry about that. <laughs> You've been de-douched.
And then Matthew also wants to say a shout out to his Twitter buddy Craig C. Uh, Antomia, Antinomia, Antinomia. I don't know. Antinomia. Antinomia. Antinomia sales. <laughs> Sounds like uh, a Kinleyville, California, fifty-four twenty. Whoops, says C note. Seems via. like there's probably the note will probably say something like, "Please don't mention the name on my Twitter on my PayPal account." <laughs> Because What's that is my I just sales, three. last name sales. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, I'll never find that in the email box. Sales department. <laughs> sales. Antinomia. Uh, what is antinomia? That's got to be a company. What I got you? nothing from a sales in the in the inbox. And let me try antinomia. Antinomia. You know, if you people, if anybody out there wants to uh, send me email with the longer Forget it. Just don't do it. Just send it to Adam. Because it, it, particularly if you want something kept anonymous. Send it to Adam. Yeah. There you go. Send it to it's me. Adam at curry.com. Yes. Very simple. Send it. Because uh, if you want something kept anonymous, send it to me. I'll take care of it. Anyway, I'm, so I'm whatever it that. is, uh, we'll get well, good to job. Sir David, David Ernie. Hey, Sir David, Sir David Ernie, uh, Mesa, Arizona, $51. He wants his size 11 ring. He's got a big he's finger. Got big, he got, he got a very big finger. Maybe that's amazingly where it is a thumb ring. Uh huh. I'd also like to de-douche Greg Wilcox of Phoenix since he donated. You've been de-douched. He somehow, David, missed it, Sir David. Chris Slowinski, Sherwood Park, uh, Alberta, Canada, $50. And George Scanlon, Carpentersville, Illinois, $50. And Brian Romero, Los Angeles, your neck of the woods, is a kickoff donation. I'll start as a monthly subscriber. Please de-douche me since I've been listening for two months. Oh. That's You've good, been though. de-douched. We got new people, and that's and it. I like that. that. That's it? Okay. That's it. It's your birthday, birthday. So first of all, we want to say very happy birthday to our uh, super uber patron, Stephen Pelsmachers uh, from uh, Gitmo Nation French Fries. That would be uh, Belgium, for those of you not really in the know where the good French fries come from. He's celebrating his birthday, and Matthew Palakowski says happy birthday to Brian Palakowski in Westerville, Ohio, from his uber douchebag brother, Matthew, in Lakewood, Ohio. It's your birthday, yeah. And uh, then we've got to do... Uh, Two knighthoods here. Let me just... Uh, okay, we've got the sword. Your sword, John. So, here. Yep, got it. Uh, first, we'd like uh, Ernie Ernst to step forward. Uh, Ernie, uh, we unfortunately credited your company. Now, your company didn't quite fit into the harness or the chain mail, so we figured it might as well be a good idea to knight you properly. For uh, your donation and support of the No Agenda Show, up to $1,000 or beyond, we hereby pronounce thee, sir... Ernie Ernst, Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable, please step forward, sir. Enjoy your hookers and blow. And your ring will be on the way accordingly once we have your ring size and the rings are all set. Are you cool with with uh, Sir Paul? Is, is everything working on the? Are we going doing well? On yeah. The, rings? the problem with with Sir Paul is that he has. Uh you know he's a he's a free he's a freelance programmer. Works on contract deals, and just as he's finishing up his ten 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 coins, he got this job. It's putting him in the office sixteen hours a day. Oh, okay, but it but it's coming, right? I mean, it's all kind yeah, of yeah. Yeah, I think he's still on track. It'll be shortly. We we're collecting the ring sizes. Okay, Frederick Guimal, step forward, please. Very special ten ten nights. The last one to get in on the program, and we're very, very happy to uh, see you here in front of us. 
So please kneel, slave, as we hereby knight thee, Sir Frederick Guimont, Knight of the Noah Gender Roundtable. Bordeaux and Rent Boys, Hookers and Blow, it's your choice, it's all here. Your ring as well is on the way, sir. Perfect. All right. Did I uh, see that again? Did we get everything? Yeah, I think we got everything there. I we believe so. Hey, you know, you know, we've been talking for a while, John, about uh, how rich our politicians are. Yeah, they're really loaded. These guys, these public servants. Well, what's interesting is uh, there was the public servants make more money than the public. Well, I'll tell you why. Uh, because they uh, pass laws and they have all kinds of uh, inside information. They know what companies to short, what companies to invest in. And uh, the Wall Street Journal, and uh, there's three links that you'll want to take a look in under elites in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Uh, the first one is the Wall Street Journal Capitol Hill Stock Trading, What the Academic Research Concludes. The second one is Congressional Staffers Gain from Trading in Stocks. Uh, so the, this is some research that has been done. Uh, by the Wall Street Journal, and uh, essentially it uh, has a number of examples of people on Capitol Hill who are making a big bank by investing in companies, depending on the laws that are being passed. But the third article, which actually comes from CNBC, uh, says that it actually does not appear to be illegal for lawmakers to trade based upon information that they have because they do, you know they don't actually work for the company they're not in the industry and there is no law on the books that stops these people from passing laws and investing based upon the knowledge they have hmm. sounds like a good gig yeah i'm thinking they should either a give us a gig or b support the show yeah they could they could get more than enough money by the way, if you want to support this program, uh, unlike anything else out there, we just ask you to support it. We don't take any money from commercial interests or play commercials or interrupt ourselves or we're not beholden to anybody, except I'm beholden to John and he's beholden to me, and that's tough enough. And uh, you can go to Dvorak.org slash NA or ChannelDvorak.com slash NA, and of course, NoAgendaShow.com has uh, are the links to the support page. And, and we depend on it entirely, and we're putting a lot of work into the show, and we appreciate it if you help us out. Yep. Get- so, uh... I have uh, some news from Gitmo Nation Forehead Dot from uh, producer Kenneth from Oslo, who is currently in Varanasi, India. And, of course, the Commonwealth uh, Games are uh, due to start there. Let me tell you a little bit about the security, he says, here in Delhi. Armed police everywhere. Every now and then a sandbag bunker with machine guns on street corners. X-ray and metal detectors everywhere. I took the subway, had to go through a metal detector. They X-rayed my bag, had a pat down, and only then could I enter the station, which also had a sandbag bunker and a whole group of armed soldiers. At at the stadium, they took everything liquid from me, including sunscreen and hand sanitizer, even coins. We later heard. Oh well, there you go. We later heard people even got their house keys confiscated. The the exploding coins (laughs) and their house keys were confiscated. (laughs) Hey, hey, Gitmo Nation East, bet you can't wait until the Olympics hit, huh? That's gonna rock. It's gonna be so much fun in the UK, in East London. It's gonna be fantastic. You're gonna be on total lockdown, and there's a good possibility the lockdown won't go away afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, just leave it. Hey, they work so well. Ah. 
I uh, we 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 did get a, a donation from an Indian. Uh, you know, it's rare, but we get them. And they're in huge, seven hundred million, what a billion English speaking people, and they two people listen to the show. And he he said, no, you can't mention my name. I don't want to know because it, he says you're right. The Indians are incredibly cheap, and if <laughs> my name was mentioned, I would be shunned. I would be killed. I would be shunned by his family <laughs> for giving somebody some money. Really? Huh. Is, is that a, is that wrong in India? Is that cultural that you can't give someone money? You can't. I guess that's why there's so many beggars. Huh? Well, you mean that's not a good gig then? They don't make Being any money. Being a beggar in India, no. I think there's probably yeah, it's probably the worst thing you could possibly have happen to you. It's probably. And low then on you the know, my ball. son would argue that well, if you believe in uh, uh, reincarnation, that you can easily pass over one of these uh, beggars by by thinking to yourself, hey. He's been reincarnated to what he deserves. <laughs> wow! It's all an excuse not to give any to be, you know, to be cheap. I think I got to use that if if someone's panhandling. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, Indian. no, you, you, I'm you have to believe in reincarnation, though. Speaking of gigs, and this falls under the all aboard trains, good planes, bad. Fifteen overlooked and underappreciated blue collar jobs that pay well. John, number one on the list is elevator installers and repairers. Average Wait. salary, yeah, seventy thousand dollars. The top ten percent make a hundred grand installing elevators. But number two on the list, with an average of fifty thousand dollars, and the top ten percent uh, make ninety thousand dollars a year. Locomotive engineer. So don't just ride the train. Oh, and look, number four. Oh, boy. Number four, railroad conductors and yard masters. What? <laughs> They're laying it on really thick. Is there a hiring going on momentarily for uh, for train people? I don't notice it. I'm not seeing any ads in the paper. Well, I think we got I mean, to keep, what? Gotta keep no a lookout. Trains. Well, we got to keep a lookout. There, this is clearly Somebody... setting people up to, to want to be uh, train some... people. There was something related to this story where, where, the, where the person was going on and on about how great it would be to be a locomotive train engineer because nothing could be more fun. And I'm thinking nothing could be more boring. Yeah, how about I a mean, stick in the eye? I, th- that could I be mean, more it's fun. essentially, I mean, yeah, maybe in the olden days of a, of a steam engine where you're actually busy doing all kinds of stuff trying to control this beast. You know, it's a kind of a chance and getting dirty and grimy and it's hot and it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it had to be kind of interesting. But this is just one, you know, I've been in a train thing. You know, this is a, this a handle, <laughs> and you move it, and the train starts to go. That's it. And so you sit there <laughs> no, with no, this actually, handle. No, no, actually, you have to, and you have to hit the dead man's button every, like, 20 seconds. Have you ever well, seen that? the one that? I was on, apparently the handle, if you drop dead and let go of the handle, would snap back to zero. I, t- I took the, uh, what is it, what they call it, the, the Asia-Pacific line, whatever, the, that, that boring ride. To, from uh, Melbourne to Perth in Australia, it's twenty four hours. Yeah, it's the. It's I've the, always wanted to take that train. L- let me give you a tip: don't do it. It, it will. <laughs> it's twenty four hours. You're going through nuclear wasteland. But of course, I was shooting a documentary, so I got to sit up front. And it's it's a real steam locomotive. I got to sit up front with the conductor, and for twenty four hours, the guy every twenty seconds has to hit the button. Every twenty seconds, he's talking to you, and then he hits the button. And then, uh, and hits the button, and there's a light that flashes and starts to flash quicker because if he doesn't hit it within 20 seconds, the thing stops. It, I mean, it's an it's a stupefying job, completely stupefying. 
Now, along with Trains Good, Planes Bad, I would like to uh, let you in on a little uh, inside information which may come out in the news. This is about the new Boeing 787 Dreamliner. Now, Boeing has posted, it's in the show notes at noagendashow.com, has posted a video of them testing uh, the oxygen mask system on the 787 Dreamliner. Now, what our um, insider, who uh, will remain anonymous, has written is said, please notice the number of masks that are failing and do not drop down from the ceiling. And this insider um, is uh, actually was in this, this business, the mask business, and, and also the oxygen business. Um, and here's, a, here's one of the interesting things, that uh, there is always a number of failures. The masks don't drop down. Also, they've done away with the, the, the reservoir bags. So now it's just a mask. Have you noticed this subtle change? It's, it's on airlines uh, Well, that everywhere. bag is so when you puke up, the puke has some place <laughs> no. to go. No, but the bags are now gone. They just have... Why? A, they, well, uh, it's uh, improvements. However... Now if you puke, you, you have to <laughs> breathe it. <laughs> It wasn't for puke. Yeah, it was for puke. That's the whole idea. <laughs> no, it was not for puke. You get in one of these things, the drink drops down. This bad. This, this, the people get sick because the plane's <laughs> going crazy, and you start puking into it's, the bag, and it goes into that little bag. That's what the bag's not, for. It's not for puking. But anyway, they've done away with the puke Suit bags. Suit yourself. They've done away with the puke bags. Apparently, though, these masks, um, they warp. They are from made from material that is not thermally stable, so when the plane heat heats up, the masks shrink and may no longer fit some people. So, so if you got a big head, you're screwed on the Dreamliner. But here's the major issue with the 787 PAX system. That's the passenger oxygen system. Above each seat, there's a 3,000 PSI cylinder of oxygen. And the joke in the oxygen industry is... The best part of the system is it eliminates the necessity for TSA because a bomb is already installed in each seat above for your convenience. 3,000 PSI oxygen cylinder above each seat? Well, obviously, they made it that high pressure to make it as small a cylinder as they could, right? Right, but that's a bomb. Yeah. Well, while you're looking at high-pressured uh, devices, by the way, the, the right now, as far as I know, unless it's higher, the last time I heard, the pressure, uh, pounds per square inch pressure on his hydrogen car. And by the way, if you haven't noticed, we haven't heard much about hydrogen cars recently, have we? No, we have not. But the, 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 the gas tank for a hydrogen car, fuel cell car, is 10,000. Oh, that's a driving bomb. Yeah, totally. Outstanding. Uh, let me see. Gitmo Nation Philly. It's kind of a funny little... Uh, funny little law that they're working on there. Lock up your car or face the fine. A suburban township is debating whether or not to impose fines on homeowners who don't lock their cars. It's happening in Upper Moreland Township in Montgomery County, where people there have mixed feelings about the proposal. And that's where NBC10's Doug Scheimel joins us live with the story tonight. Doug? Now, now, I love, this is great news. So, we have to go live to the scene. And do you think we can get some idiot to give us a quote that will say this is a good thing, John? Do you think it's possible? Uh, well, I mean, you'd look around and you'd look at the, find the dumbest guy you could find. <laughs> and you'd, and he wants to be, everyone wants to be on TV. This one is probably the best ever. Doug? And police claim they don't really have a lot of crime here, and that, they say, is a good thing. But then they say perhaps it is that sense of security that might be to blame for the crimes they do have. What? 
we have a theft from auto problem in our township. On one hand, they feel safe enough to leave their cars unlocked here. But on the other, police say they have created open season for thieves in Upper Moreland Township. It's an enabling issue. It provides um, the, the people with these drug abuse problems to be able to just go down the block, check doors, and grab something of value to trade for drugs. I, I don't understand how they come up with this, that they're going to enforce you locking your car. What what is this a part of? What what program are we not understanding? What what did we miss? Uh, you here? know what? I, well, I, just off the top of my head, I'd, I'd say it's part of the uh, the bigger picture, which is to make local and state people look stupid because the great geniuses are all in the federal government who would never do something well, like that's this. That's a good possibility. Investigators claim three quarters of the car break-ins here are because the car was left unlocked. So police want to be able to ticket people who keep leaving their cars unlocked in a public area. I think they should, yeah. Because you're not supposed to keep a car. Yes, she is. This is, this is, our, this is, this is our person. This is the genius. This is the genius. Because you're not supposed to keep a car in lock. You're supposed to lock your uh, car and do the right thing. If my truck gets broken into, I lose my livelihood. <laughs> you must do the right thing. Are you crazy? You must do you the know, right I thing. Wanna, I want to just uh, shout out to people that work in media and especially television. Uh, try to get someone that is actually understandable when you put them on camera. She I had no looked, idea what she, she said. She said, you have to use the right thing, the right thing. She's perfect. It's Miss Swan. So we, uh, we really missed a big one on uh, Sunday's show, which was pointed out to us a couple of times about, um, so we received a, a note from one of our producers who said, you know, there's this new survey being taken um, and people want to, uh, the, the, the surveyors ask you questions about, it's basically about drinking and driving, but then there's this, uh, this new thing that is starting to move in where they want to swab your cheek to uh, see if you've been drinking. Uh, and uh, actually, people, a couple of uh, people sent me uh, bills, apparently, in Michigan. Uh, there's a bill that would allow uh, police to give drivers a saliva test. And this would, of course, not just be to see if you've been drinking, but to see if you have been uh, using illegal drugs, such as marijuana and cocaine, we but, talked about this on the last show. But the big thing we missed is, what else do you swab someone's cheek for? Oh, yeah, DNA. We DNA, forgot to mention that. DNA. That's right. Yeah. This is the big DNA push. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, and I think we did miss it. That's, uh, that's, that's pretty outrageous. DNA swabbing at alcohol check, sobriety check, checkpoint, slave. Let me swab your cheek. Let me stick some cotton in your face. In... Uh, British Columbian, they're also moving into the lowering of the legal alcohol limit, going from 0. 0.8 to 0. 0.5. 0.5? I'm sorry, 0. What does that 0. calculate 0. as? 0. 0. 1 beer? 0. 0.05. Is that possible? Yes, yeah, 0.05. 0. Yeah, that's yeah, it's, it's, it's one beer, yeah. One beer, and then you, you better pee, and, and you're you drunk. You better sleep for three hours, because if they catch you, slave, you're you're out, and you're going to be wearing some Gitmo jewelry. This is happening everywhere, and we're all just like, oh, okay, that's good, oh, that's groovy, not a problem whatsoever. Hey, how's the Nimer, minor number twenty eight has just come out? Great. They're all out. You're watching old stuff. <laughs> and now back to real news. 
I don't have a clip, but I just had to mention it. The winner of China's Got Talent. Yes, the show was everywhere. Do you know what his talent was, John? Yeah, he played the piano with his feet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no arms. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is you should a, be ashamed of yourself for mocking that. Poor I'm not. Kid. I'm not. The guy mocking. writes. The guy writes beautifully. You know, cool I'm not Chinese mocking it. I'm not mocking him. It's just like wow, wow. That's yeah. All. I was actually going to run that story last uh, show, but then I thought it was tasteless, so I decided against it. Oh, trust trust me to bring up the tasteless part. <laughs> I've got one for you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Vaughn, the actor. Uh, Billy Vaughn, Ray Vaughn, Siobhan. No. no. Vaughn. What, Vince Vaughn? Vince Vaughn. Yeah, Vince Vaughn, the actor. There was a movie trailer that came out that got everybody all upset. They had to pull the trailer, and I have a clip of the part that was offensive, since we're talking about offensive stuff, and this is kind of real news as a movie. And, uh, and then it was followed up by Anderson Cooper Vanderbilt uh, in his commentary on this horrible, horrible thing that took place in this trailer that was just uh, the movie trailer that was just so offensive. Abhorrent. Here we go. A- Ladies and gentlemen, electric cars are gay. <laughs> I mean, not homosexual gay, but, you know, my parents are chaperoning the dance. Gay. I was sitting in a preview in a movie theater over the weekend, and there was a preview of a movie, and in it, the actor said, that's so gay. And I was shocked that not only did they put that in a movie, but that they put that in the preview. They thought that was okay to put in the preview to the movie to get people to go and see it. And, and I just find those words, those terms, um, we got we to gotta do something to, to, to change, to make those words unacceptable, because those words are hurting kids. Oh, okay. It's hurting the children. <laughs> It's the G word now. This is it, this is what it, it's. It, it, he's the G word. Anderson Vanderbilt Cooper is the G word. This is crazy. For a long time, in the eighties, not even that long ago, you just called it. it gay used to mean happy. That, no, it was even before. Well, I mean, all throughout the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, it was only until like in the eighties that it was all of a sudden gay was <laughs> was stolen. By the gay community, by the gays. Stolen, stolen as by a the word gays. and redefined. And now we can't use the word "gay." It's the G word. With, uh. I mean, there's 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 so much music that was written using the word "gay." Oh, he's so gay. You know, meaning he's having a good time or he's happy. It meant happy. But then for Anderson, it really meant happy. Now you can't use the word at all because it was the word was stolen by one community. And why? I don't understand where how you get from how you how you can take that word and then make it refer to homosexuality. It's always baffled me. And then, by the way, then the women, because they were going to be you know the gay females, and then they didn't. They just they stopped liking the word. So now you have a lesbian and gay alliance. Is it a lesbian gay? No. It's the word has further been changed to mean only gay, only homosexual males. Pretty soon you'll just be... You, you can keep up with this stuff. You won't be able to speak. You just have to be able to mumble. Because everything you say will be offensive. And to, for Anderson Vanderbilt Cooper, who I believe is homosexual... No, he's out. Yeah. He came out recently. Right. So And, and for him to then stand up and say it's, it's offensive and hurting the children... <laughs> that's that's a bit much, Anderson. Yeah, since the the, the use that the, the the pejorative use of the word gay in modern lingo the, the, is mostly was developed by 
gays. by millennials and ex-gens. But I mean, they say it all the time. Oh, that's so gay. That's yeah. so gay. Yeah, and and let's face it, electric cars are gay. Doesn't mean that it turns you into homosexual. They're just like. Or it's even a reference to homosexuals. It's not it's anymore. We're trying to get the word back. Yeah, let's. If anything, can we have gay back? Can we just ha- can can we take that? I mean, retard. Okay, you can have retard. I don't need to use that. But can we have gay back? I I, I think we should be able to. Well, we're not getting it. Uh-huh. <sighs> just saying. I, it's I, want, I want my gay back. Not until the fat guy gets taste. <laughs> By the way, I was watching the. Uh, BET Hip Hop Awards on, uh, what was that, Christina? Was that Tuesday night? Monday night? My God, John. This is, first of all, that I have a 20-year-old white girl here who uh, who immediately slips into uh, a language that I don't even understand. I mean, if I said to you, free wheezy, are you with me, yo, bro? <laughs> no, you're not, right? You don't know what that means. No, I don't, and I don't care. But this, what we need... Because I, I watch this very closely. We need a translation dictionary. No, what we need is we need uh, GX2 to throw some beats down. We need someone to write some lyrics. And we'll have a number one hit. This is easy. I can do this. We yeah, need, because we, you, you... Wait, wait, let me stop. Let me stop you. What you're trying to say is that this stuff is so bad... Yeah. It's, that even us two older well, lame guys, well, let me, plus, let, of course, our Let me say, our, our, let me say it's star. not bad, but it's easy. It's easy. You know, all we need is is some beats. Seriously. Just a, a guy going... We need a drum machine. Yeah. And then we need some lyrics, you know, kind of like the Gitmo Nation, um, uh, like our anthem. But, you know, some good yeah. lyrics. You know, like, from the crack! To the buzz, kill yo. I mean, I can do this if someone will write me some rhymes and some lyrics and drop me some beats. Boy, we can be tweeting to free wheezy yo shizzled. Teach me how to doogie, doogie. Sorry, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I want to do this. I really want to. And I think we should do a no agenda, uh, no agenda rap song. It's not rap. It's not rap. It's hip hop. Stop. That makes you sound old and white. Song that will be. Uh, that will get us some money for the show. Totally. Totally. And I can do, I know I can do this. I know I can do this. And, and, and it'll be great. We just, we just got to rock the rhythm to the rhyme, y'all. And, and, and. Uh, as long and as you tweet, don't start talking what's, like what's that all the, the time, I'm, I will What's the name mind. of the, the Twitterer? Cats whatever? The one who's famous. Oh. Cat Stacks? Cat Stacks. Cat Stacks will drop some tweets about us. Yeah, biggest groupie ever. And what was the other one I liked? Who was that? That crazy, the crazy, crazy girl, oh, Nicki Minaj. John, you've got to watch this shit, man. This is where the kids are at. We we we've got to we've got to get down to the to the kids. We, yeah, we've got to start sending him a message. You know, so we we got to we got to drop some, well slip one in. We got to we got to drop some beats on these kids. We can do this. So anyway, that's a call out to all of our uh, producers. Give yeah. Nation Lowlands. A uh, very interesting development. Um, actually, two interesting developments, and of course, uh, they are on they are in complete lockdown. This country. I feel really bad. You know, I, this used to be one of the freest, greatest. You know, the libertines ruled in certainly in Amsterdam, and now the Dutch Telecommunications Authority has announced Dutch hotels must register as internet service providers. And have to uh, abide by the European regulations on data retention. 
Can it get any nuttier than this? That's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Well, they're up in arms, but they have to. They are, of course, providing an Internet service to their guests and they're going to pumping have to... somebody else's ISP info yeah, in there. They're yeah, not, they're not, they're not, what are they doing deals? Shut up, slave. And keep the data. So the, so the hotel in downtown Amsterdam is like doing some cross licensing with Sprint and Orange to make sure that they, they got some peering going on. Ah, dude, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. But that, that is what's happening. This They're saying you got to register That's as an because ISP. Because the government over there is obviously a bunch of boneheaded idiots. They don't know what an ISP actually does for a living. No. That's not even the, the government. It's, it's the, the regulatory authority. But uh, in Amsterdam, and this is, uh, this is the big one, a, they're doing a pilot project, a uh, complete shopping area is going cash-free. Completely cashless. You can no longer pay with cash in these stores. And of course it's for your security. Because, you know, there's less robberies if there's no cash. So you cannot pay with cash in these stores. You can only pay with a chip card, which is funny that they call it a chip card. A pin pass, which is kind of the Dutch equivalent of a debit card or a credit card. Did no, you say, was it called a pin pus? Pin pus. Pus? <laughs> no, pus. P A S, as in pass. Oh. A pin pass. Yeah. Mm. So uh, that's it. That's uh, they're going completely cashless now. Of course, the sad thing is, is that there are limits on how much you can uh, pin per day. Already. See, that doesn't help. No, of course not. This, this, and people just like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, it's really handy. It's so easy not to have to use cash. It's great. Gitmo Nation, now the center of the slave universe. The, the Netherlands used to transport the slaves. The Dutch, great at it. And now they've just made their people into slaves. Well, cashless, that's the irony of it. Cashless slaves. It is total irony and sad. We love you anyway. You guys should support us. Uh, <laughs> so what else we got? Uh, what, other, what, what other depressing uh, news do we have? Um, I want. Have you heard about this? Uh, where is this thing here? It's, so, it's like it's not a large hadron collider, but it's now it's this this new thing, the National Ignition Facility. Have you heard of this? No, it sounds uh, ominous. I like the name. Yeah, well, it's uh, actually, let me, I should, do I have my Skype open? I probably don't. Um, I I need to show you this picture. I'm loading the page now, which is, it's from Boston.com, the big picture. And so they like to put 8 million 15 megabyte pictures on one web page, which is really handy, except when you want to open it quickly. So this National Ignition Facility, they're trying to create some kind of, I don't know if it's a nuclear explosion type thing. Oh, here it is. The page is finally loading. But they want to get more energy out than they're putting in. It's, a, it's like a $3.5 billion project here. Creating a miniature star on Earth. <laughs> this doesn't sound good. Creating a miniature star on Earth is the goal of the National Ignition Facility, home to the world's largest and highest energy laser, and it's in Livermore, California. On September 29, 2010, the NIF completed... This is Berkeley Livermore Labs. There you go. It's, it's, it's up your ass. It's right in your backyard. 
The NIF completed its first integrated ignition experiment where it focused its 192 lasers on a small cylinder housing on a small cylinder housing a tiny frozen capsule containing hydrogen fuel briefly bombarding it with 1 megajoule of laser energy. The experiment was the latest in a series of tests leading to a hoped for ignition where the nuclei 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 of the atoms of the fuel inside the target capsule are made to fuse together, releasing tremendous energy. Potentially more energy would then was put in to start the initial reaction, becoming a valuable power source. The NIF has cost over $3.5 billion and is part of the federally funded Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. Uh, yeah, yeah, they've been working on this since the 80s. This, well, they say 1997 here. But they hope to achieve fusion by 2012. That that doesn't doesn't sound That's good. That's crap. That 1997 year when I was at Infoworld in the in the early 1980s, I went out there with John Markoff, and they were talking about it then, and it was like 1982. But they've built this thing now, and and it looks like uh, it, it. What was the name of that Jodie Foster movie where she's in the sphere and she and she does space travel? Oh yeah, it looks like that thing. It's huge. It, it's astronomically large. I don't know, man. Yeah, they uh, they they shoot this one joule of energy into the dot there of <laughs> hydrogen. It produces one half joule of energy. Right. I mean, that's what what we get out of these experiments. It's groovy. Well, I I I I think you are impressed. Well, I'm impressed. I I don't like the fact that it's anywhere in, in California at all, let alone near you. And they're trying to create fusion and all kinds of bangs. Yeah, it would just take out Livermore and part of Pleasanton. Okay, but you'd be safe? You'd probably lose Scott Adams, the cartoonist who lives there. <laughs> you'd be safe? Is that what you're saying? I'm pretty sure. I got a hill beach. There's, a, there's like a mountain, like a little coastal mountain range behind me, between me and, the, uh, and that valley. So it would, the, the explosion would probably waft up and over into the sky. It wouldn't, I don't think we could be affected. Well, anyway, I just Skype you the link. You should take a look at it. Mm. It's kind of, uh, kind of creepy. <laughs> kind of creepy. What's your, uh, what, uh, what else you got here, John? You got any, well, I got that. You know, there's one, there's one clip. I don't know if we played it or not. It's the X, what is it? The X, the new meme or something. What is that thing? X factor buzz term. Yeah. What is that? I don't know. <laughs> it's your clip. It's not mine. I, it's an old clip. I keep moving it forward, and now I don't know what it is. Well, let's listen to it. Reserves at a fast, at a, at a rapid pace over the last few months have got relatively few choices to where to put the money. And the fact that China is showing clear support for Greece says China still needs to diversify. Europe's still one of the places that is putting that money. No matter how stupid you might consider that. All right, what the hell is that? Do you know what it is? <laughs> it's, it's, from, it's from CNBC World. Where they have these these guys, these slobbering people that that's go on and on for hours and hours about blah, blah, with all this analysis. A good example of this is the other clip, which is sitting there uh, waiting to be heard, uh, which which is kind of interesting from the perspective of international finance. If we want to see what you know, we're going to see a collapse of the economic uh, European Economic Union at some point, and you might as well play that clip in advance of this happening. That would be blame Germany. Yeah, everybody leading the implementation of austerity measures and said spending cuts would only push the eurozone into a deflation spiral. 
deficit reduction by a creditor country such as Germany is in direct contradiction of the lessons learned from the Great Depression of the 1930s. It's liable to push Europe into a period of prolonged stagnation or worse. Well, if he's saying it, then that's the plan, right? Soros is always on board with this stuff. Yeah. And so, so we're talking about long stagnation. Which means uh, bread lines, right? I guess, yeah. probably. Well, let's see how the Germans feel about what George Soros has to say. Sylvia is in Frankfurt. Um, the Germans, it seems to me, are doing very well, thank you very much, with their fiscal austerity. Why should they care about the rest of Europe? One of the lessons that the Germans, fortunately or unfortunately, learned from the Depression is that you have to fight hyperinflation. That's why we're so inflation paranoid. But no, you're quite right. I mean, it seems to me, uh, it's always safe to blame the Germans, let's face it, but it seems to me as if everybody's saying, because we all can't do the right thing, the right thing would be austerity, the right thing would get your house in order, bring your budget deficits down, uh, we do the wrong thing for a while. And because the Germans are doing a little less wrong, they're getting blamed for it. and let's let's not forget how we headed into this euro crisis because of overspending and budget deficits. Fair enough to say, yes, but it was the Greeks that had the overspending, not the Germans. Uh, we've been overspending as well. We were indeed the first ones, the Germans and the French, who broke the Maastricht criteria. We should really rewind this back to uh, 2007 when we started this show, where, which I think... Um, started with a lot of conversation about the Lisbon Treaty, which I at the time read in its entirety. And, you know, people, you you kind of forget about stuff. You know, it's just like, oh, that was news and whatever. And, you know, the French were against it. Almost everyone was against it, but only a couple countries got to vote for it or vote on the issue. And then the Dutch later didn't even get to vote on it. The British were promised to vote, but that was that never a referendum that never happened. And everyone thought that this was just about, you know, hey, having the same money. It kind of made sense. That's the way it was sold to us. I was there at the time. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it was just so we can have the same money. It's going to be great. It's a lot of you don't have to change your money when you cross borders. And really, it turns out that this was all one big scam to take your money away from you. And, and, and now it's happening. It's happening uh, in what they call austerity measures. And now they're blaming each other. And I think that you're right, John. I think we can actually look at possible war talk between france and germany in the next couple years it's distressing it is and and just but the fact that it's just you know we just uh just whatever that's what this yeah we're at the verge of an economic world economic collapse it seems to me and by the way just not not to change the topic backwards but i was looking at these photos you sent me i can see why you sent them to me mm-hmm. holy crap i told you this thing is outrageous this is not like a little lab this is this, this is, is like a waste of the taxpayers money on so many levels you. i can't thank imagine you. thank you three and a half billion dollars for a big ball in the earth that this is, is people have to look at these photos yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna post them into the chat room this is this is why i brought it up the national ignition. I don't even like the name. Okay, national ignition facility is like this is the igniter of what? It's bad. This is bad. I don't know. It's bad, but I do know it's not going to work. Do you remember Anna Chapman? No. Yes, you do. Yeah. yeah no. You do. Yeah, you do. Yeah. She was the redheaded spy. Yeah, yeah, the hot spy. Yeah, the hot spy. Guess and what? Now she- she's going to take over an oil company. 
Uh, well, she's working at the bank now in uh, oh, Moscow. Oh, bank. She's taking over yeah. a bank. <laughs> yeah. How does that work? Because when I saw her the first time, I said, hey, there's a, why are we getting rid of her? She's a good banker. She's, she, she's hot. Don't let her slip through our fingers. We, we let her go. And she's now in Russia. She's back in Russia. And she's, at, and she's working at the bank. In, uh, I think they're giving her the bank. They're going to make her the CEO of the bank. No. You're kidding me. Yeah. No. Look into it. I've got. She's working for the uh, Fund Service Bank, but I don't know if she's taken over the both. Maybe she is. That's. I don't understand. That was so. Truly, that was just to promote the movie uh, Salt. That whole thing. If she's. I mean, if she was a spy, how come she's? How come she's gone? How come we let her go? Because she wasn't doing any spying. None of them were. They're just hanging out. It's like a drinking club. Then, uh, I guess that did they uh, once again suspend the Fort Hood shooter trial? Oh, yeah. They can't find the guy. That's why. Well, apparently. Where do we put him? Apparently, they, they had him in they court. Got, the actor died. No, I think, <laughs> I think they had him in court. Yeah, they wheeled him in. I guess he's paralyzed. But they had to have a blanket over his head. Well, this is what this is what I didn't hear that. Yeah, it's in this report. The most news in the morning. CNN's the most news in the morning. American morning weekday, six a.m. Eastern. We're uh, just now driving onto the Fort Hood base. Uh, a lot of extra security. Uh, you know, we've spoken to about a dozen people since we got down here a couple days ago, and a lot of them have just been telling us they, they're really looking forward to this being over. Uh, one of the MPs on base told us. Uh, you know, hey, nobody likes it when Hassan comes on base. He said, we do our job, of course, we protect him, but really, we want this man to go away. Uh, we also spoke with the fiancé of one of the most seriously wounded soldiers. This was a young soldier who had just got back a couple days ago from fighting in Iraq. He was only a few days away from leaving for officer candidate school. That's why he was in that building when Hassan was shooting that day. She told us, based on everything that she's gone through and the other families, a lot of them want to be here to face him in court. We all cope in different ways, and you know, I know in my situation, I just like to know all the facts. How many people perished at this thing? 12, 13, 14? Yeah, 13, I think he killed. And so far, this is the first family member I have seen ever. I agree. I, I found, found the whole thing somewhat baffling. The fact that the family, uh, all, you know, there's 13 people killed and a bunch of injured, and nobody came up to say, you know, the, the news people couldn't find one family member anywhere that could say, hey, this guy's a jerk or something. No, no, no. got nothing. No, there's And they're not in the army. No, and, the, and this is the only, she's a very eloquent speaker. Um, and I feel, of course, I feel horrible for, for what happened, but when you listen to some of the accounts of this, one guy doing all this on a military base? Wow. It's, it's pretty... I, mean, I think the, the blanket over the head thing is in this new story. Hold on. As I can get them, and, you know, for me, I'm anxious for the Article 32 to begin so, so the public can start seeing some of the facts of what really happened that yeah. day and, you know, what led up to that day. Yeah, I'd like to know the facts. That would be really great. They're going to delay this, though. You're going to hear more stories about just how selfless those 13 people were. And how many heroes are among the wounded? Yeah, as for Hassan himself, he had been uh, being held in a uh, county jail nearby. Uh, he spends most of the day either sitting in a chair or in bed. 
He's got a TV and a Quran in his cell. <laughs> I love that. He's got the Quran in his cell because he's a terrorist. He's a terrorist, damn it. Oh, John Kieran. Chris, how much of the case is, is, is going to be presented today? What, what's the exact procedure to determine whether or not he can face a court's martial? Is it a, isn't it a court martial? He keeps saying court's martial. <laughs> court's martial. Court's martial. Is it court's martial? Yeah, John, what we're going to hear is that the prosecutor is going to lay out the what. They're going to talk about how he allegedly went out and bought these weapons, how he went to a local gun range to practice his aim, and how he carefully planned this attack. What they probably won't get into is the why, his motivations, his alleged links to terrorist organizations overseas. They probably will not get into that until the actual court-martial. So based on what we talked to with some of the families, they, they want to hear not only how he planned this, but, but sort of what his motivations were. Yeah, it's in the other report. Hold on. This is worth it because this, is, this guy sounds like the biggest patsy in the world. Not, There's something, they're, something they're, is fishy about this whole story. Yeah. And by the way, courts martial is used for a uh, plural. So I it guess is proper. It is proper. System. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so they're essentially going to delay this um, this courts martial until after the November elections, when of course no one will care because we'll all be talking about elections, which is, I believe, why they would do this. Back now, bottom of the hour, and our top story, another delay in the hearing for the man accused of killing 13 people and wounding 32 others at Fort Hood last year. Now the defense has until midnight tonight to prove that the hearing should be delayed once again, this time to November 8th. Major Nadal Malik Hassan was scheduled to appear in a Fort Hood courtroom today for the first witness testimony in his Article 32 hearing. It would have been the first time he faced some of the people he's accused of wounding last November. When the hearing finally started, nearly three hours late, the defense made two requests. First, they asked again to close the portion of the hearing to the media and the public. That Because you, you may be right, John, they may, they may not even have this guy. This is very interesting. Request was denied. Second, they wanted to delay the hearing. Hassan's attorney says he has evidence that would justify putting it off until November 8th. After that request, the investigating officer decided to recess the trial until tomorrow morning. He said he wants to give the defense until midnight tonight to put together paperwork that would prove that delaying the hearing to November is a reasonable decision. Uh, it's in the. It's not in the in the in this report, but it, 20 minutes into the hearing, a blanket was draped over his head. He was paralyzed from the upper chest down when he was wounded four times by police who rushed the scene, rushed to the scene of the shooting. Defense attorney says he has trouble regulating his body temperature because of his injuries. He usually wears a, a watch cap and long underwear. Hmm. So uh, the elections are November 2nd. Yeah, well, we, we won't give a crap. I know. November, and November this will be after the elections, which yeah. is... Um, We're not going to give a crap. Yeah. We're not going to care. Something screwy. Yeah, the, the, when you put it all together, there's the lack of, of anyone saying anything. Uh, remember they, they went through his apartment and they found HIV drugs? Remember we had that? No one's ever brought that up. Right, he had AIDS or something, apparently. Well, right, no one has ever brought that up, ever. Hmm. And, but they did, we had, it, we had a clip where the guy was in the room and he was going through his stuff and he said, and he was saying exactly what he had. And he was reading it out. We we had this was on sixty minutes or something, one of these news shows, and uh, AIDS drugs. And no one ever followed up on that. That he had he either has a yeah he has AIDS. These are AIDS drugs. They're not used for anything else. So the whole thing is is a sketchy, fishy story from the beginning. Yeah, we need some help on that.
We really? We're not going to get it. <laughs> well, nobody knows. It's on the, the information's on lockdown. It's just in, it, we, we even we there may be a mole on this base that could say send us a note uh, somehow saying this is all bullcrap. Or no, we, a friend of mine was killed. That would at least be something. We'd not love to have something. Yeah, we'd love not to a have good something. Thing, but but at least it would be more than the sketchy information we have about this thing. There, there, it's not going to happen. We're not going to get anywhere. So yeah. There really are there, there really are a lot of people out there who uh, who listen to the show and who do contribute, and that's really what that's why we call our listeners producers. By the way, is because they actually are contributing. Los Angeles Times, I think uh, Michael Kirkorian, no Krikorian, is probably a listener. Uh, what did you steal? Yeah, amazing, amazing. No more is the title of his op-ed. Give the word a rest so it can regain its true significance. John, this guy wrote down your entire pet peeve. And he probably got paid like 450 bucks for it. The entire thing about the word amazing. For too long now, I've been painfully aware of the failing meaning, diluted power, and loss of essence of, quote, amazing. Huh. I just got tangled up with the mic, sorry. You there? Yeah. Oh. So I found that uh, I found that to be amazing. There's a lot of amazing stuff out there. Um, I don't have any more clips either. What did I have? There were some a couple of things that happened this week that I thought were weird. Besides the elections, apparently the debate between Jerry Brown and Meg Whitman was entertaining. I missed it. I, I really wanted to catch it. It's on I, C-SPAN. I they did it on C-SPAN. You can go to, online and look at it. So who's gonna, uh, you really think Jerry Brown is going to win this? Is that uh... I always I said from the get go that Jerry Brown would win it, and the reason I say that, and I'll say it again, is because people are familiar with his name. That's the uh, that's the depth oh yeah, no, it's, that's that's all of that intelligence of the California electorate. <laughs> I think that's the same with all, with all voters everywhere. It's all yeah. about marketing and PR. Let's see what we got here. We got a Jerry Brown. Gee, I've heard of him. He's famous. Yeah, let's see. And let's Meg Whitman. If, it, if it said Jerry Brown, aged eighty, uh, <laughs> ex governor, you know, crackpot, a moonbeam. <laughs> Loser <laughs> mayor of Oakland. Wait a minute. If he's he a said crackpot. All that stuff. He's a crackpot. Now I know what to what to who to vote for. This is good. He's a total crackpot. Oh, I like that. From Gitmo Nation down under, more than half the fields surrounding the main Australian base in Afghanistan, John, are being used to grow opium poppies. <laughs> Locals wow. question why. This is just mainstream news. Locals question why troops and police have failed to crack down on the semi-open sale of the poppies. So it's not just growing, they're selling them. What, they have like a stand? Like a fruit stand? It's a very pretty flower. According to the report of a respected non-governmental organization. While the Allied forces in Uruzgan, that's where the, the Dutch were as well, uh, have had some success in convincing locals to grow wheat, fruit, and saffron, opium poppies are still the province's biggest cash crop. They're not even hiding it. And, 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 and they keep saying the same thing over and over and over again. As long as opium uh, get, keeps fetching high prices, it'll be difficult to stamp out. What do you mean? It's like Agent Orange, that shit, if you're serious about it, which you're not. Yeah, or just torch it. You get, you get those flamethrowers. Yeah. But it's, no, but it's just right, we can just give a, you know, we can we'll be pointing this out until the war is long over. 
and it's still, you know, there's about 10, maybe, I don't know, how many people do you think, I mean, did, do any of these other people that do these shows, that you know, these analysis shows like we do, uh, where you break these things down a little bit, uh, even bring up the fact that this is such an obvious thing going on, and and and, and examples of it are like uh, some years ago when those two uh, San Jose Mercury news people actually were on to this scam. Yeah, and they got killed. And, well, they didn't get killed, they got fired. But didn't one guy get killed? Editors. Uh. One of them got killed, I think. NCIS was NCIS was talking about this. Uh, not that I watched the show, but someone sent me a clip about uh, some guy who stole the money from the CIA to buy drugs. <laughs> and here it is. Lovely. it matches our slug. The money was going to drug smugglers and opium growers. You think it actually matters whose side we're on? It'll end. There you go. It doesn't matter who's talking. Okay, now she, but uh, I saw this one. That woman who's, she basically, she's a CIA agent stealing money from the the CIA. Right. (laughs) Because she knows that it's all going to drug smugglers and opium growers. So might as well steal it. Who cares what side you're on? So she thinks it's ridiculous, so she decides to steal it. Go ahead, just steal it. Another company we need to invest in, John, with all 10 of our dollars Dr. Call. Look into this company. Maybe you should uh, talk to Horowitz about it. <clears throat> One of our producers, Matthew, uh, and this is uh, in the United Kingdom, drcall.co.uk. He calls this the Blackwater Vaccines. Uh, these are the guys that are outsourced uh, the large-scale flu vaccination program outside of the National Health Service. And uh, they're, like, packaging it up with uh, Marks and Spencers, shopping vouchers, lottery tickets, anything to get you to take the flu vaccine. Hmm. And uh, drcall.co.uk are the guys now dispensing this in Gitmo Nation East. I don't think it's a public company. But I think you're right. If it is, it's probably a good investment. I, well, oh, wait, I got a 404 there. That's interesting. No, that's on the, yeah, I got that too. But the regular site's fine. Yeah, I'm not seeing any. Uh, Here, Tesco yeah, but, Tesco now working with Dr. Call. They're doing anything to, to give you a shot. Anything. Yeah. I know. Dr. Call is an innovative medical services group providing high-quality medical services for both individuals and companies. So when the doctor comes a-calling, you better be sick that day. You better not be at work. Wow. We're yeah, also- they're going to get everybody. Once you get used to giving people shots, then you can give them anything you want. Uh, all right. Uh, I think uh, that's just about it, other than uh, a little bit of Stuxnet news. I keep getting uh, very detailed analyses from uh, engineers and sysadmins, and uh, I think the consensus is pretty much now this was a total don't look over here moment with all the memes in there, the dead foot and the dates and, you know, for martyrs and all that crap. But this worm, according to uh, an anonymous sysadmin, is about the SCADA systems. S-C-A-D-A. Oh, there's the black helicopter coming to get me. Listen to that. I can hear it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a Chinook. Or Chinook. What are they doing over there? Just saying hi. Uh, so the, the SCADA systems, <clears throat> which is what this bug, uh, this worm apparently is all about, controls everything from how much fluoride is in your water, the power grid, the pumping station used by the gas companies, their oil rigs, the list goes on and on. This worm 
<clears throat> has remained undetected. Penetration um, is now believed is much greater than has been reported. Semen systems were not picked on by chance. They have had a default ID and password that's hard-coded into the system. This information about this uh, default password has been floating around the net for years. And there's a significant number of these control systems that still have Windows NT4 boxes in the mix, so they're never going to be patched. Uh, But this is either an attack on Siemens or somehow this June 24th, 2012, there's going to be some control taken. And we'll have to see what it means. But I think I think it's something that can't just be dismissed as ah, another little worm. It certainly has nothing to do with all those memes that are in there. That that I think is all distraction. Hmm. And uh, quite frankly, uh, I would expect more of this on this week in tech. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to just make one little comment. I Please. should probably make a make this a pet peeve later in a different show. You ever see all you know? You see all these pictures of these you know people of all ages, mostly women, uh, and a lot of teens having their photo taken, and they have this kissy face. You ever notice this? You mean the uh, kind, kind of the pursed lips? Yeah, yeah, that's like, uh, the 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 supermodel look where you su- you suck in you, you suck your cheeks. Yeah, you suck your cheeks in. Yeah, that's and what you that's have what... your lips there all, and it forms wrinkles all around your mouth. It looks terrible. Yeah, it looks like a butthole actually. <laughs> It's the uh, it's the supermodel butthole look. Surely you've heard of it. It's like why? It's funny because I I've yes this is and this is not entirely new, um, but it's no, actually it's been going on for years. But it's, every time I see it, 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 it's like why does somebody does somebody think this is attractive? This yes, it's a douchebag look when guys do it. <laughs> well, I don't know a lot of guys that are doing it, but women have certainly been doing this for a while. And this all comes back to uh, photoshopping and and the perception of how you're supposed to look. I'm sure you followed the Madonna picture controversy of uh, Madonna's veiny arms that were photoshopped out for a recent photo shoot. Yeah, she's got veiny arms, very veiny arms. So this is what that's all about. And so that you know, in in most of these pictures, they kind of photoshop these these cheeks. So you get higher cheekbones. It's supposed to look good. It's all it's all popular culture. It's, uh, who cares? I think it looks hot. No, you don't. <laughs> I'll send you a, a group. I'll, I'll go collect a few of these pictures, and then you tell me they look hot. I think anyone who looks at me like that with their butthole in on their head <laughs> looks hot. Speaking of buttholes, uh, Rick Sanchez was pointed out to us by one of our producers, who was uh, the he was one of us. The guy. This is the guy from CNN who got fired <coughs> for saying. Uh, disparaging making disparaging remarks about his employer which but he's now backtracked on that he says he was tired yeah he was tired pooped <coughs> he was tired because he had to go to his kid's soccer game or something so he was like you know i'm about you guys i read all my tweets he has not tweeted uh in 12 oh, I wanted days to, yeah i wanted to bring this up he's a big you know he makes a big stink about oh i've been person you know, i'm a real i'm a real person i'm the, it's the way it is and i'm tweeting and i'm blogging i read and I'm your tweeting. tweets I'm, and i'm i'm social i am social media i'm rick sanchez I am social media my middle name is sm for social media and so he gets fired and that was it no more no tweets. more tweets <laughs> what a phony you think you know he <clears throat> I was listening to, I don't know, some AM radio station. Uh, he, he, this guy's been laughed at every job he's had. And he's always been an anchor, by the way. He's, but he's been an anchor in Florida and other like, you know, like local stations. 
And people have always laughed at him and always called him a douchebag. It's like he's it's so full new. of himself and he doesn't even know it. It's not. I think he, he's got to know it. No, you're right. Maybe he doesn't. But it's like, wow. He, he, all of a sudden, he just stopped. <laughs> he was. I can't, You know, I want my money back. I bought his book and I read no. it. I can't believe it. I, I want my money back. A big shout out to the slaves uh, in New Zealand who had that earthquake in the Christchurch uh, a couple weeks ago. The government has uh, taken that opportunity to uh, uh, instill sweeping powers that are needed to provide assistance to the city of Christchurch. Of course, it was hit by a 7.1 magnitude. What that means these days, we don't know. Uh, It's not Richter scale anymore. Uh, However, these uh, sweeping powers do not actually uh, provide for any additional funding for assistance for the disaster victims, Uh, but they do allow the government to uh, uh, essentially uh, call up, you know, martial law, keep the slaves inside, uh, spot checks, all kinds of crazy stuff, orders in council. It's like, it's like completely taken, it's like they want to take over the, and New Zealand, how many people live there? Well, that's a good question. Not many. Not that many. It's more than Iceland. No, I think like a couple million. Well, let's take a look. And then there's a lot of sheep. The Earthquake Commission. There's a lot of sheep. 4,268,000. Yeah, it's not a lot of people. No. So they're it's going less- for a full lockdown of Gitmo Nation. We've got to have a, a nickname for them. Gitmo Nation. Uh, Gitmo Nation New Zealand, you have to have a nickname like something like uh, Gitmo Nation Sheep? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. that well, if work. they put up with this, they're sheep in more ways than one. <laughs> All right, John. I'm, stretch- I'm, st- I'm stretching at this point. Are you done? Yeah, I'm through. I'm done. I'm finished. I think we've gone two hours, and uh, we'll have uh, uh, some special material for the next show. So let us do uh, the Primer Show. Do you want to do that? I mean, seriously, do we want to do this like before Sunday or at, or right after Sunday? I, uh, I don't know. I think we can. I think we still have to. We have to do some write down some of the themes, and I, we still could use a few more uh, a few more people uh, pitching in with their. Uh, I listen to no agenda, so I can you know make millions of dollars or whatever, and uh, and some suggestions on what what we should talk about. Gitmo Nation Wool Warriors or Gitmo Nation Sheep Shaggers is being uh, suggested. Uh, although Kiwi may be uh, more appropriate. I think Kiwi's better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we will be back on Sunday and uh, we'll have once again uh, prepared to assassinate the media for you. Coming to you from the Crackpot uh, Command Center here at the Hilltop Watchtower where the Chinooks are buzzing overhead. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it seems like it might be another unbearably hot day, uh, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday for early morning service right here on No Agenda.